Bailey is here with me tonight. You came here on literally a di- like not even 24 hours notice, which is pretty hardcore with the lives that we lead nowadays. We need notice to do anything. When you get older, I think you have kids like yourself and I, I'm, I'm a cat dad now. I <laughs> fucking hate that shit. I'm, I'm not a cat dad. But I like, I, like, I like having a cat. It's really cool. But, yeah, I mean, we're busy people. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you uh, coming here, spending some time here on, on such a short notice. We had an interview scheduled with somebody tonight, and they're unreachable for some reason not right now. I don't know. We'll have to reschedule with them. Amber, a couple days ago, her schedule got jumbled around with work, so that's why she's not here right now. Uh, we might hear from her later on. So you came here to work with me and have an interview with somebody, and now they're not. <laughs> so it's been a calamity of errors here to make this particular show happen. So we started talking here a few minutes ago, like, oh, man, so we don't know where our guest is at. And that happens. Sometimes things happen. I understand. Yep. Uh, and I'm like, well, do you still want to hang out? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, Let's just turn the mics on and talk about stuff. There's all kinds of stuff we can discuss here. Um, so, I, you know, this is going to be just kind of, hey, what's up? <laughs> it's us It's us catching up and with microphones in front of our faces, I guess. No pressure. So the one thing I want to talk to you about, see, the thing with you and I is I consider you a dear friend, Chris. I always have. However, as I said, we live these really busy lives, and we're all so fond of each other, but we're all f- – fond of our jobs and having mm-hmm. shelters over our heads and our families that we have. So some that stuff a lot of times takes precedence over us hanging out. So with that, how the fuck are you, dude? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, man. How are you? What's been what's been going on with Grimstone? Let me just ask you that to start off with. Well, right now with Grimstone, um, it's a little bit quiet right now. Um, we've been basically built, doing a lot of team building. Uh, we've been focused right now. Um, we're getting ready to do this fall a our first ever Bigfoot expedition. Really? Yes. So we've traditionally avoided uh, cryptozoology and aliens and all that, and mainly focused just on the spirits and ghosts and yeah. Other you guys were that always go. that was always like, and you guys, you know, I've always considered Grimstone Inc. to be like, you know. You're a mad scientist, first off. I've always said that about you. You have some really great photos of you with the lab coat and everything. I'm like, Chris Bailey is a, he's a flat-out mad scientist. but And I mean that, obviously, in mm-hmm. a very complimentary manner. Um, but you were always working on, you know, working in the technology side of, of spirit hunting or ghost. I hate using the term ghost hunting anymore. Ghost research, spirit yep. research, whatever you want to call it. You are always on the forefront, in my opinion, of that. So hearing this now, and well, let me ask you this: Why did you why did you shy away from stuff like UFOs and cryptozoology? Um, well, uh, when we first formed Grimstone about twenty three years ago, yeah, yeah, I know, like back in, I like, mean, back, back when in, the Earth's cr- crust was cooling <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, we were dodging dinosaurs, and when we decided to make up what we're going to do, um, well, the first rule we had was no aliens. They probe. Mm-hmm. We'll stay away from that. Yeah. Um, but it just never was really that, that much of an interest. So the, the thing with the ghosts was a lot of it was there's some history here involved. It's very close to home. I have a very deep interest in the afterlife. Yeah. And I kind of want to know what happens, you know, when when everything's said and done, what's next? Yeah. You know, to me, that's like always edging the bets. You know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> 
a great way to How say much it. trouble am I going to be in? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's tr- and I know the Doug and I years and you know back again, yeah, around the same time when the crust the earth's crust was cooling when we started doing this stuff. We had a mission statement. I say this to people all the time and our mission statement was very simple. We are going to prove the existence of the afterlife. Which looking back on that now, I mean, we weren't kids, but we were kids compared to what we are now. Uh, and that thought makes me laugh hysterically because, you know, you, you, I've said this a lot, you know, on and off the air. Uh, you change, you get different ideas, you get a different perspective on this stuff. And I, I could never in a million years, if I was starting now, even I'd like to think that if I was just getting into this, this field of study now at, at 44 years old, that I would try to bite off something that big, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I, I, I have more perspective now, even, you know, even let's just assume that I don't have 20-something years of research behind me. I have that perspective even without that, I think, to say, mm, it's not that easy. There's more to it than that, right? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and, yeah, hedging your bets, that's a great way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean – it, it looking, you know, again, going back with all this time that we both have now, and I don't, I think you're going to agree, either of us, you more, I think you have a lot more knowledge on the scientific side of things than I do. That's what you work in every day, Chris. Um, but I think we can both agree that, you know, when it comes to are there ghosts, are there not ghosts, can we explain ghosts? Either of us can really do that yet. I mean, I can't do it. Like I said, it's been 23 years. Yeah. And I'm not even sure that ghosts are deceased people. I yeah, mean, yeah. I've seen some amazing things, stuff that made me like really question: Is this happening in our world? And could I say it was, you know, your your uncle Steve or something? No, but still, something extremely weird and unique, you know, mm-hmm. happened here. And yeah. uh, there's far more to this, you know, world that we give credit for, but us trying to. Put it into boxes and labels yeah, is yeah. an extremely difficult thing to do. You can't. There's just uh, – I, I hate you – know, well, that, that's what this – I think, you know, when you're doing media and stuff in this field, I, I, I hate to say this, but sometimes I feel like I'm kicking the shit out of a dead horse. Or there, there's just this rotting carcass of a horse that I'm kicking the shit out of all the time on things like that. But I can't keep saying these things enough. Um there's so many gray areas here. We just there's so much we don't understand, and I'm, that that isn't to say that this is a field that you shouldn't come and study in. I mean, I find stuff fascinating even to this day. It still fascinates me to this day. I wouldn't still be doing this if I didn't find these ideas just in ghost research or spirit research, whatever you want to call it. To this day, if I didn't find it fascinating, I wouldn't be doing it. Right? Yeah. Um, but it, I think th- there's just the people out there that. And I've talked to a lot of them. <laughs> I know you have too, Chris. Uh, that say they have all the answers and they don't. You don't have the answers, man. You just don't. I don't know what else to say to people about that. I don't think there's anybody out there. I know there's a lot of people that claim they do. And I'm not trying to turn this into an infomercial, but no, there. no one has any answers yet. We're all trying to figure this thing out. And I think it's a lot of fun to do that still. I mean, I... <laughs> That's just how I feel about it, right? It's it's a really strange field to work in. Yes, absolutely. It's a very strange, and I think it. I think this, you know, studying ghosts especially, and we're going to go. We'll go to cryptozoology and the UFO stuff also, but I think especially in ghost research, because cryptozoology deals with something like okay, I know 
cryptozoology can kind of get out there with its philosophies and ideas too. UFO research can also get out there mm -hmm. with, its, with its philosophy and ideas too. But we're talking about things, in my opinion, that are somewhat tangible. You know, a UFO is supposed to be something that hopefully someday we'll be able to touch. We'll be able to look at. It'll be in front of us. It's something that's very tangible. As soon as those 500,000 storm <laughs> area 51, oh, we'll have it. Let's talk about that. <laughs> but I mean, uh, but like something like a Sasquatch, like Bigfoot, mm -hmm. right? Same thing. It's something that, while no one's really ever seen one, like a UFO, it's still something that's tangible. Like if it was here, you could touch it and then it would rip you apart. That's what I hear, <laughs> right? A ghost, a spirit, whatever you want to call it, it's something that's not tangible to me, at least to me. I know maybe I have a different view on that, right? But it's something that isn't tangible to me. A ghost is a ghost. I mean, there's been a million hilarious cartoons where people walk through, they walk through walls or movies have been walking through and it's not a, this water is killing me, dude. Why do we, we talked about this before <laughs> the show. We, I, I gave Chris some of this sparkling water that I like to drink and it's the worst thing. If you're doing a podcast, a word of the wise, do not drink Trader Joe's sparkling plain water or any of Trader Joe's waters. They have different flavors of the same thing because it's super carbonated. And I'm, you're trying to string a sentence together and I'm sitting here just holding. I don't want to burp in the mic. That's like disgusting, right? Tastes great, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, tell me what you think about this too, Chris. That's what makes it this field. When I go going back to my point, like you, I think it takes a certain type of person to study what we call ghosts or spirits, because it's not a tangible thing, right? There's no carrot. There's not really any dangling carrot in front of you. Well, there it is in different ways that we know very well about, right? Yes. But I mean, if you're just in it to study and try to understand what the heck it is that's out there that we have all these stories about over hundreds and hundreds of years. Thousands of years, actually. Um, it's a very intangible thing to try to understand or try to process or try to get evidence on, too, especially. So that's why I think it takes a very special kind of person that really study this field. I'm, I'm talking about explicitly uh, spirit research. You follow what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. What it's a very black box-like. You, you don't know what the, what's making up things you just see outcomes and you're trying to figure out well you know it's kind of like the, the 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 blind people all trying to feel an elephant and they've grabbed the the ear and yeah they can touch that part they've seen that effect and it's like oh it's very flat it must be you know kind of like a manta ray mm -hmm. type creature and the other one grabs the tail and you know yeah. it's snake-like but yeah there's so many little components we don't have an idea of really how they all fit together because yeah. we don't have the way to properly see it, touch it, experience it. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that lays it down there. Like what you said, the black box idea, we have a solution out there and I, and let's standard mathematics, like you know, algebra, for example, a lot of times that's how you, that's how I was taught algebra growing up. I was like, okay, here's the solution. How do you get to that solution? Right. It's a, it's problem solving. Right. You're, you have something put in front of you. I mean, in, in our professional lives, I know I have that in front of me every day. And I'm sure you do, too, Chris, where, well, this is what we want. Get us there. This is the desired outcome. You do you do your thing to get us where we need to be at. Right. And 
that's the same idea. It's it's this black box type idea that there is, we have this thing, we're tr- this problem we're trying to solve. That is, how do you get a spirit to manifest itself? I'd like to say visibly and audibly in an environment that's controlled and have it repeated over and over again. Do it again and again and again, right? Which to me would be some type of proof that there is something like this. Um, and I'm, even with that, I'm sure that somebody could punch a million holes in that too. But that's, to me, the problem is how do you solve that problem, right? It's a black box idea, like you said. No. And that's where all the weird shit's happening with this. And I think all these ideas that people have and books that people have, people that we have on this show all the time, I mean, doing this show again, getting back into it again, I've been exposed to some really fascinating new ideas people have, right? You know, for example, one that I've really been running with is the idea that ghosts are a force of nature. There's some other force of nature that we don't understand yet, that our minds have not grown into a place that we can process this information yet. I forgot who even we talked to about that. I should go back and find out and credit the hell out of them because they've really opened my mind up to some different ideas on this stuff. But the idea that ghosts simply aren't this, you know, a deceased person's soul or energy that's left over and they're stuck here for some reason or what, there's a lot of different stories mm-hmm. we can have with that. That this idea is uh, that ghosts may just be another force in nature that we don't really understand yet. And that's a very broad idea, too. Yeah. I know there's a lot we could really dive into that. And there is a lot of thinking you can do on that. But I think hearing new ideas like that is really cool. So I think a lot of people say the field isn't moving forward. And I agree to a certain certain Mm -hmm. point. Like, well, yeah, if you're looking at it from a results standpoint, like, have we really made any results here? Like, here's the goal. We want to show, we want people, we want to see a ghost. We want to see something. So based on that, yeah, there's not a lot of progress that's been made if you're thinking very static like that. Uh, but as far as people, you know, tr- you know, thinking of new ideas and at least challenging me and my friends, I think, you too, I'm sure. You're one of my friends, right? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be here if you wasn't. It's under 24 Who are hours. you? Who are you? <laughs> um, at least uh, challenging us to, you know, intellectually to try to understand this stuff better. Have we proven anything? Can't say that enough. Hell no. Nothing's been proven. Uh, but it always goes back to that idea. I think that, you know, it, it's kind of the adventure of this thing, though, too. That's a more, I think, more, it's more vanity than it is anything. But I do think that, you know, just getting out there and seeing the world and seeing the country, too, is another good part about this. And maybe maybe that's the reason this stuff happens. I thought about that, too. Like, maybe this whole thing about ghosts is just... It, it's, it just simply does not exist. Let's just assume that for a second, right? It simply is just, it's somebody just put a, put a seed out there that, hey, maybe there's these things that, that aren't human, but they're not alive, and you know, all these mm-hmm. ideas. And like a lot of stories, like a lot of the stories, ghost stories we hear, maybe the whole idea of what a ghost story is was something like that. And it's been passed down in the ages and we're doing the same thing now. Um, But maybe that being said, 
maybe this is what people like us need to get off our asses and go see stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I like to travel and go to like music festivals. That's one of my hobbies I have. I've been doing this mm-hmm. for a number of years now. Uh, when Ghostly Talk stopped doing our thing years ago, I started doing traveling to just, you know, not to paranormal conferences anymore, but other places. And a lot of it was going to music festivals. And me and my, you know, over the years, I've made a, I've made a lot of friends on the road from all over the country. And a lot of these festivals we meet up at every year, it's like a reunion for us. And we say the same thing. We're like, you know, if it wasn't for heavy metal music and punk rock and hardcore and stuff like that, I wouldn't travel nearly as much. I would be at home a lot more. But I like that something gets me out, you know, on the road and gets me out there and I see the country that way. And I think the same thing can be said about studying this stuff too. I know personally I have probably wouldn't have seen half the things I've seen in my life as far as, you know, monuments and cool stuff like that if it oh, yeah. wasn't for staying in the paranormal and you know? meeting some great people along the way oh yeah yeah totally i mean that's that, that's a big thing too a lot of my best friends i mean my fiance for god's sake i wouldn't for ghostly talk amber and i would have never met uh, so there's a lot to be said about that stuff but i mean i wonder if that's maybe some part of this whole cosmic thing that maybe this is just put there to make people do stuff yeah it's a really i know it's a stretch i'm reaching high if but that's all it is I'm okay with it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's... Now, to be realistic about it, I think both of us... Well, what do you think? I mean, I know I've seen things. I've seen enough things. Haven't seen a lot of things. Haven't heard a lot of things. But I like to think that I've seen enough that has me... You know, there's something strange going on out there. Oh, weird is abound. Yeah, yeah. I've seen enough weird things. I've experienced enough things in my life to know that yeah, there's something going on here. Yeah. Uh, How I would label it, what kind of boxes I'd put it in, I'd, some of it I wouldn't even try to, you know, to corral, but. Yeah. I mean. I wish it happened more. <laughs> well, same here. Uh, you know, I think, you know, if you go out, if you're out, in the, I, I'll totally admit, I don't, I'm not, not out in the field as much as I should be nowadays, but like I said, there's a lot of other stuff going on in our lives. Um, I think if you're out there studying stuff a lot more and you're out there, the, the likelihood of you having experience, and I say experience, you know, you're not always going to get a picture. You're not always going to get something recorded or videotaped or whatever it might be. Of course, the likelihood, the odds speak for themselves. If you're out there more, <laughs> chances are better, right? Yes. Um, but again, goes back to just from what I've had happen in the past, um, I'm convinced something whatever it may be, there's something out there that we don't understand. And it could be just some force of nature, like I said before, that we don't understand, right? Um, it's it's hard stuff to think about, but it goes, it just goes, falls right back into that tortilla of a, <laughs> that we're talking about that, that you have to be a very unique person, I think, to be a part of this field. And I don't mean be a part of it for a couple of years. I mean, stick with it for many years, because that's the passionate people, I think. Um, I think some people, and it's to, it's to their credit too, um, they get interested in this stuff and they spend a couple years and they find the reality of it and they say, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Fine. There's mm-hmm. not a thing wrong with it. That's that's No, I recommend trying yourself. anything. Yeah, well, do something that you do like. If it's not something you don't like, then find something you do like. That's cool. Uh, and that's not a stab on people like that at all. That's That's fine. Uh, but you have people that, you know, we've talked to some people have 40, 50 years of doing this stuff. 
I don't think, I know for me, it hasn't been a solid 20-something years. I took a little break. I needed a break. I had to get away from it. I couldn't keep doing it. I needed I needed to stop for a while. I was burned out. So I took a couple of years off. And um, I think, but I think if you still come back to that, it's like a good friend. You know, it don't matter how long you've been away, you'll come back to that and it'll be there for you and you can get back into it like you never stopped. And that's kind of what I know what happened to me personally. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, again, it takes a special person to do this stuff. And that's that's all I can say about that. Um, now, as far as Grimstone's concerned, that was the biggest fucking right to the woods, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, as far as you guys now, you said you were doing, you, you were, you're, you're, you're bonding out, but you guys always were really kind of just a ghost hunting type group. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and how we started, how we progress. Yeah. It's, it, it's our, our core. Yeah. But on the same token, we're about experimentation. We're about learning. Mm-hmm. So this year we were like, you know, let's throw a little bit more caution to the wind. Let's try a couple different things. We, we've talked with Bigfoot people before. We thought, what the hell? Let's, you know, let's try this on our own just to see what it's like. Worst case scenario, we're a bunch of schmucks out in the woods at night trying to make weird calls. No, there's, not, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, uh, you know, it. the dynamic of the group has changed quite a bit over the years. How uh, so? Um, well, y- you've known me for a long time. I'm very disciplined. You got to hit your monthly meetings. You got to have your training logs filled out. You got to have an understanding here and there. And that's great initially, especially for someone new that's coming in, learning the stuff and making sure they got it. But the group now um, is really stable. Most of our members are like eight, nine years veterans in the group. We all know each other very well, and it takes on a much more personable level. Yeah, uh, we're, yeah, we're willing to trust each other to a far greater degree than ever. Uh, we have all that background experience, all that training. So now it's well, what's next? What else can we learn? Where else can we go? What else can we do? I would consider that 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 don't surprise me. That's where you should be at. And I, you know, and I, I knew I do know as far as you know your group. And I mean, I've never, uh, I've never been. You've you've always welcomed us out. You guys, whenever you guys want to come out, you guys are always welcome. Thank you. We never have taken you up on that yet. <laughs> but um, I do know how you do things. And I've seen people come and go. And that's not anything, anything against you whatsoever. I am not, you know, I, I'm disciplined enough to make myself a living, I think, and take care of myself and be an adult. Um, but I, the older I get, it seems like the less shit I want to put up with. When it comes to like what I would consider hobbies, right? And I'm getting, I'm getting short, I'm getting crotchety, and I don't like having structure sometimes when it comes to my hobbies anymore. I'm trying not to. Sometimes you have to. Um, so I understand that to a certain degree, where um, some people just couldn't be, wouldn't be able to hack that with you, right? It's not a shot on them either, right? But if you're going to be a part of this thing, this isn't no, we're not some group of ragtag people just trying to put together a video to put on YouTube. Right. And that's never been our thing. It's never been your thing. No, it hasn't. And I think, again, being as nice as I can about it, I think some people get that idea, especially when they come work with you. And I know better. I've known you for a number of years. Um, I think some people don't have that. They don't understand. Like we said before, some people get interested in this field and they want to get involved with something great stuff. But they get into it, and they and the reality of it sets in that it isn't 
you know, being in some, it isn't riding a Scooby van to a haunted mansion somewhere. And, you know, it isn't that it's way different. And then you have somebody like you, and I'm, again, I'm saying this in a very, I'm saying this in a very complimentary way where you do have structure, you know, you have to come to a meeting, you have to know what's going on here. You have to understand the, how the equipment works. No, you can't be fucking smoking around here, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. These are all things I'm sure you've, you know, it's everything you've said to people, right? And that's really great. I, I'd like to see more groups like that that are way more organized, that are way more stringent than that, right? There are groups out there like you guys. You know that. We, we know other mm-hmm. people like that too. Oh, absolutely. I think there's far more groups that are just more, I don't think they really understand. We've talked about this before. I don't think they really understand. And that's perfectly fine. Right. If they're going out to have some fun, as long as they're not hurting anybody, that's great. But as far as what I know what you're trying to accomplish, right, um, it's a different game. It's as simple as that. It's just a different game. So, as you said, the, the dynamic has changed. Yes. Fine. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Go ahead. But, you know, the dynamics changed is because we've grown and we've gotten that, that basic knowledge down. Uh, because the fact of the matter is what we're trying to do is we're trying to find uh, you know, answers to the unknown. But on the same token, we're going into people's homes. We're going into people's businesses. Yeah, They're looking for help in a certain way. We want to be able to provide it to them. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't do that just by grabbing some random piece of equipment and waving it around and, and, and hoping to get some type of result that you don't know what's meaningful or not. Yeah. So yeah. for us, it's important to have that background and have that understanding of how this, how these things work. Why do they work the way they do? Where do they come from? Yeah. And, and you know, what what's meaningful, what's not? And now that we've had that for the core group for so long, it's like, well, what else can we learn about? Where else can we go? What yeah. else can we try? Yeah. And, you know, we're all about growth, whether it's learning about, you know, psychic phenomenon or trying to, you know, get images of of the deceased or, or apparently now going out and, you know, seeing if we can't find, a, you know, one of our very furry step cousins if they're, they're out there. Let me ask you this one flat out. Sure. Do you think Bigfoot is an alien? No. Okay. This is an idea that's being shot around oh, now. Yeah. There's the idea that Bigfoot is is an interdimensional being, mm-hmm. which that that actually holds some water for me a little bit because how it's been explained to me at least is like, well, this is an interdimensional being. It could be a ghost. Bigfoot could be a ghost because it phases in and out of our dimension, like our I guess our our sphere of understanding or perception, and that's why you just can't catch one. And if you read things like the Skinwalker Ranch and stuff like that, yeah. you, it's it's like weirdness abounds. Some are paranormal ghosts type things. Some are Bigfoot type weird creatures. Yeah. Some are aliens from outer space, and they're all interconnected. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of curious. I think some areas might be more prone to weirdness because people feel it's weird, and belief kind of flows that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things, too, that I'm, I, I've been kind of tossing around. You talk about alternate ideas. You know, uh, you read about things like The Secret and even some of this, you know, what's how religion can f- affect science and some of the what you're going on with uh, possibly yeah. one of the guests. Yeah, and it's yeah, It's all yeah. different aspects of belief. And then you go into things like uh, the, the Tibetans and tulpas and spirit creatures formed by, you know, belief and, yeah, and thought yeah. process. and. 
I'm wondering how many different things are paranormal simply because we start believing they're paranormal well, and enough belief centers in and, those and spots. It can, and, well, centers on those spots or could it could could we actually manifest something with enough brain power? I don't know how many. Five, 10, 15, a dozen, a gross. I don't know how many brains we would have to have to generate that much power. But how many, you know, brain power. Could we manifest something if we believe that hard? You get enough people that believe. The Velveteen Rabbit took, yep. one, took one kid to believe hard enough. The Velveteen Rabbit became real, right? I know it's just a fable or a kid story, whatever you call it. Uh, but that was always a very powerful story for me because it's just that idea right there. The power of belief. You believe hard enough, it becomes real, right? And I know as a child, I felt the same when I was very young, like 13, 14. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, I had that. I, had, I was fascinated with that idea of, of the Velveteen Rabbit, which centers around this mm-hmm. idea I'm talking about because I thought, okay, if I think hard enough, this will become a real thing that I can interact with. It'll be my best friend. It'll be, it'll be cool, right? Um, but now, <laughs> yeah, we know it's just a story. But for real, how many could we do that as people? Like we believe in something, we believe in, let's, okay, let's just say it, like we believe in God, right? We believe in some higher deity, and I know that has a million different faces and forms. I don't care what color, race, whatever you are, let's just take some people and have them all focus on one thing, Right? Could you possibly manifest something based on that, right? It's an interesting idea. I, I don't know personally how that would work. <laughs> I have no clue. Uh, but it's that power of belief you're talking about. Though, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, again, I'm scra- we're all scratching our head. We, I, I think the people that scratch their heads the most are the ones that are truly are the, are the most honest in this field about what's really going on. Because, yeah. I don't have any answers. I mean, I have ideas, but there are no answers, right? And, you know, religion, I know, and that's, that's something we were going to talk about tonight. Hopefully we'll get to talk to this, this gentleman, um, was this idea of the power of prayer, too. Yes. The power of prayer. Um, it's an interesting idea in its own right, too, because, yeah, it's the same idea. You have all these people focused on one beacon that are all focusing their mind energy on one beacon, well, does that actually create something? Does that create does that create some type of energy? Does that create something? I don't know. Does it do anything in the fabric of the universe? Or is it just people thinking about something? I mean, we don't know how our brains really work like that. I we've been I've been told I've there's another idea floating around out there now with this type of thing that our brains are nothing more than receivers. That our there is some type of super like some type of database. The collective conscious. Collective conscious, a database, an almighty celestial database out there that more or less we can access. We don't even know we're accessing it, right? I guess the idea would be like, because I I think about this a lot. Like I'm laying on the couch and I'll be watching something on the tube or whatever. And I'll just get up. I'll just sit up and go get a glass of water. Or I'll sit up and pet the cat. Or I'll sit up and go grab my phone and look at my work email or anything, right? And I don't even think about it. It's something I'm not even like, I don't feel the process firing up, right? Um, 
I don't feel any sensation. It just happens. I don't have to think about it. It just goes. Am I truly in control of my own body? I mean, I'm not getting up and ramming my head into a wall, <laughs> you know, or, or cutting myself with a knife or something like that. I'm getting up and doing some semi-productive things, but I don't really think about them. And I think about that after the fact going, you know, okay, I just got up and just pet the cat. Right now, of course, if you think about that there, I probably look down at the cat and of course my cat's always like, mm, you know, it's pitiful. You know, it's just a cat. They're cute as hell. So whenever I see her, I'm like, oh, I got to pet her. So I go down and give her a pet. So that's probably the thing. But I don't think about none of that ramp up. Is It just doesn't happen. Right. So is that your mind just kind of running the show? Just doing things as you go along or. Is there something else out there saying, dude, get up and pet the cat? Dude, get up and check your phone. Dude, go get a glass of water. Are we being, I don't want to say we're being controlled or, you know, being like, you know, master of puppets type of thing. Um, but are we? I don't know, right? Well, it comes down to what is consciousness? What is consciousness? That, do you hear that? I hear the ticking. Is it, is it one of these things here? Is it one of Amber's toys? It's driving me nuts. It's something in this room. It's driving me crazy. Ghost clock. It's a, it, <laughs> no, way, no way he's probably hearing this either. We, we can hear in the headphones, but probably even coming, on, even coming on the recording. There's something in the, there's something in the studio here that's driving me nuts. But yeah, yeah. What is consciousness? What is that idea? I think the older I get, the more I personally think about just that idea. Like what the hell is consciousness? What am I doing here? Like, Really, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I don't know any nice way to say it. What is happening here? Well, even neurologists and psychiatrists and psychologists, they don't have the answers fully no. for what consciousness is. No, no, they don't. No, none of them do. Um, I think they're, well, and they're, they practice that stuff, which means they're practicing it. They don't really know it. They're just practicing it. They have a license to practice. Doctors have a license to practice also. Because uh, they don't truly know how the body works. I've been going, before the show, I went through the entire laundry list of it just, it's strange how it just, when it rains, it pours, all the weird stuff that's happened to me this year, mentally and physically. I've mentioned it before here on the show too. Um, but I have a doctor that I'm going, dude, you know, and I'm spending like every day, like researching, trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with me. You know, what, what can I do to better myself, make myself feel normal again, right? And I guess I said before, I may have had a breakthrough today, uh, but I talked to the doctor about it and he's like, well, you know, it could be this and could be that. I'm like, well, you're getting like $150 an hour to tell me it could be this and could be that. And I know it's not an exact science because they practice it. They don't know it, right? Which says a lot about medical practices and medical science, but... Um, yeah, but they can't, even they, like you said, going back to that, they can't answer these questions. They don't know, neurologists, psychologists, they don't even understand that, right? Um, you know, what are what are we doing here? What, what are, what, what is our, you know, I know a lot of us are like, what's my purpose in life? What do I do? What is, what is my, where am I supposed to go? And I think, I think some of us get there. Some of us, we find that. We, we find our passion. We find what we like to do something we can tolerate at least for a paycheck in our lives to put a roof over our heads and do things. Uh, I don't think anybody truly loves their job. I think everybody has a certain animosity towards anything that they have to do professionally. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm sure there's a few people on this planet that really do love what they do. Like, like I like getting up in the morning. Like, I can't wait to go to work in the morning. Something like that is not normal. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a person that genuinely feels that way, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm running myself ragged here in circles. But it's like I, I think about this stuff a lot. I think it's just it's it's a mortality too, thing too. I, we're we're getting a little older now, and I know going back to the the health issues. I'm like, oh man, I am not indestructible. I know. I don't like feeling like I'm not Iron Man. Yeah, I don't like you know. It's like holy crap, I I actually can can be hurt. Like my back can just randomly stop working. Um, I can't get up on a stage anymore and beat the living hell out of myself like I used to and jump down and carry my equipment back out of a club like it was nothing. There's there's a lot of things I can't do like I used to anymore, and it bothers me. It bothers the hell out of me. But and it makes you think about mortality, like, okay, I'm not made of iron, that which means I am not going to be here someday. And I'm starting to get into that thought, the weird thought now of, like when you think about somebody who dies, like I said this about my grandmother when she died in 2016. Uh, I say this to a lot of people. I'm like, I was watching my grandmother die. I was there. We were, me and my dad were watching her pass away. Mm-hmm. And I stopped for a minute. And I knew my grandma would be cool with this too. It's the only reason I probably did it. I stopped for a second mentally and tried to take myself out of where I was in the moment, try to take myself out of that and be some flying cherub in the corner of the hospital room, looking down, trying to see what this experience was from the outside and not within it where I was in the moment. Couldn't, I'm not saying I was successful. I really wasn't, but it was something I thought about though. Like, and, and then, you know, what that put, where that takes you though, too, at least for me was, okay, what in the fuck is going on in her mind right now? What is she experiencing right now? What is she seeing? Is she just in pain and things are getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer or something actually firing in there and she's seeing something else, right? Yeah. I know you've seen this with people that are dying. We've seen, I've seen videos of this and my grandmother too. Um, the eyes are looking somewhere else. My grandmother was looking somewhere else. Other relatives I know of were looking somewhere else when they were, when they were on their, you know, their last, you know, their last, whatever, their porch light was going out. <laughs> I mean, they're looking somewhere else. So are they really experiencing something that we can't explain still? I don't know. Yeah. I hope my last words are, oh. These are all rhetorical questions, <laughs> yes. by the way, too. Um, but but it has me trying to get into that type of thought where it's like, okay, I maybe it's a bit morbid, right? But this idea of 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 it's what in the hell is that? You? It's getting louder. I, it's getting louder. <laughs> What's going on here? What the heck is that? Sounds like water dripping. Oh, I know where it is. So there's a dehumidifier in here. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Yeah. It's the, okay. There's a dehumidifier right here to keep everything nice and dry in here and not let everything get all nasty. And that's where it's dripping because I unplugged it right before we started doing the show. There you go. Mystery solved. Let's drive. Uh, 
It's driving me crazy. Anyways, I'll just let it slide. Nobody can probably hear this, by the way, too. That's the funniest part. But not, that's where I was going with that, though, is just this idea of I'm more interested in the idea of what is happening to a person in that moment that they're leaving, that, that things are stopped, that things are ending. The physical processes of the body are shutting down. And ultimately, the mind's going to shut down physically. That's what I've been thinking about a lot lately is just that idea of what is happening. I don't know what else to say about that. What the fuck's happening in a person at that time? So I have a question then for you. Okay. If you had the opportunity that someone could stop your heart for a few minutes and... Oh, flatliners? Yes, the flatliners type experiment. Would you go through and... and... Um. I would probably initially say, yeah, but then I would think about how freaked out my mom would be about the whole thing. It would drive her completely batty. So I'd probably back out of it just to not give my mom a heart attack. I, I mean, and that, I'm not goofing around. I'm being mm-hmm. dead serious. No. If I was, because if I was to say, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. I'm, I got to do, I want to do an experiment here and it's going to require my body to shut down for a minute or two. And I risk brain, I risk permanent, you know, brain I risk being a vegetable as a result of this. I could have my, I could have brain damage. I could, I could be risking a lot of things in the, in the effort. Yes. You might not reboot. <laughs> I might not reboot in for science, you know, to, to hopefully come back with something to talk about some type of, some type of data or, or knowledge, I should say. Um, I know that that wouldn't be taken very well by my family. And I don't want to drive them crazy with stuff like that. But it's an interesting, really, really interesting question. You know, and, the, and to that movie, you know, to the original Flatliners, not that new bullshit. The original one was badass. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, actually, ask Amber. Amber has a thing. She hates Kevin Bacon. Hates Kevin Bacon. I don't know what her deal is with Kevin Bacon. She, he's so gross. Get him away from me. I hate him. So any, I can't get her to watch anything with Kevin Bacon in it. Um, but that movie did raise some really interesting ideas. And, and you know, what you're talking yeah. about is right along those ideas. These people had that, that, that fascination too. Like what the hell happens when your body shuts down, right? Clinical parapsychology. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, and I know a lot of people, you know, and all the documentation says a lot of the same. Okay, all you're seeing is, you know, when you're dying or if you're having a near-death experiment, NDE, um, your it's basically your brain firing. It's your more or less your brain cells dying, and that's what you're seeing. It's just your brain cells fizzling out one by one by one, and that's where you see the light and the tunnel and all these things. Right? Could very well be, could very well be, but I am very fascinated with just you know not the idea of what happens beyond that, more of what is happening within that those moments when you're finally shutting down for good. And what, you know, yeah, of course, where do you go from there, right? Is it just, because I mean, think about that for a minute, man. Like, you're dying and you close your eyes or you're just, you don't even close your eyes a lot of time. Most people, they find their eyes are wide open, right? Yeah. So everything just stops. And. I, I, you know, and that's where I kind of go, okay, I, I, I have a hard time believing that, like, everything just stops. Like, there's just nothing there. Like, we 
our bodies are the product of millions of years of evolution. And all we are, we're basically a virus that <laughs> has arms and legs and, and builds tablets and phones and stuff for us to play on. And we built these houses. We do all this stuff, right? Um, but we're, you know, the idea, a lot of people have that idea where it's just, no, we're nothing more. And I do say we're dirty bags of water also. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people are kind of worthless in their own. <laughs> I, I mean, look around you. People are, some people are fucking worthless. Let's just be honest. Um, but I, it's hard for me to accept the fact that, okay, you're done. You're going to shut down now. Your physical, this thing just shuts off and you shut off. And you don't see anything beyond that. I have a hard time. I really have a hard time believing you, that's it. Like you just. <laughs> Eternal nothingness is a, is a, a vast darkness. thing. I mean, but is, is it darkness? Is it, you know, what the hell is it? It's not even. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Sorry. I'm just like kind of just. You're, you're being nice enough to just kind of let my brain wander here tonight. But <laughs> these are ideas that I've had. You know, and hang on, I, I got to take a sip, fill no some space. <laughs> no, I think it's a question a lot of us a, a, ask ourselves, you know, what's next? What happens? Yeah. I mean, like I said, 23, 23 years just trying to edge my bets. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it just, it just seems to me like, okay, that it, we spend our lives doing the same thing. Like, okay, what's next? I've made that, you know, if you're if you're a goal-minded person, you you reach that goal, whatever goal that may be, and I know me, I go, well, what's next? You know, what is in, next in store for me? Is it an adventure? Whatever it may be, right? What next am I going to put under my belt It's as far as experiences are concerned, right? I don't think that just um, getting a degree or getting some new professional skill you know, that's what I think a lot of people, I know I was at one time in my life, that's all I really wanted to do was work and gain, you know, skills for my professional life, and that was it. And I thought that's what the key to it was, was that's what being a rounded person was, was having all these insane skills, right? And it is, it's a very important thing. I think it's it's important to mm -hmm. you as a person. Uh, but then I learned, no, there's a lot more to it than that. You know, there's other things you have to do. So, and I learned that from people way smarter than me. They're like, no, everything you do, you got to soak it in. Get into the moment of whatever it is, soak it in, and learn from that, right? So, yeah, it's road trips. It's going on adventures. It's going to places you've never been to before. It's those things. So when, when I say what's next, you know, it may be a professional thing, but it may be a hobby thing too. It, it To me, it isn't – they're not – nowadays – the personal life, the professional life, the family life, they're kind of all one thing. Of course, some of those things take precedence over, over mm -hmm. others, but what's next, right? So you spend your life going along in this linear fashion saying, okay, what's next? Because you, if you just say, okay, I'm done, well, now you're just going to sit and watch Survivor the rest of your life and eat bonbons. I don't know what what, what are you going to do? I mean... Oh please! No. I don't. I don't think it's in a, even. 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think even. I, you know, this is going to come off the meanest way. I, I don't. I. I think even the the least productive people, what we would consider productive, still are saying that the idea, of what's next? Like you know, what what's next for me here? Now, yeah, some 
people's idea of what's next is different from other people's idea of what of what's next is. But we spend our lives doing that. What's next? And I think within that, too, we're trying to get better mm-hmm. at things. You know, be and I think that's part of experience and having experiences and seeing things, good things and bad things, right? Having all that stuff and having all that knowledge under your belt, what's next? What's next? What's next? And sometimes you find yourself in situations you may not want to be in. I know I have. Oh, yeah. And it's scary. Uh, but you navigate through that. You come out the other end and go, okay, don't be that person <laughs> or whatever it might be, right? What's next? What's next? So then we get to a certain point here where our body just doesn't work anymore or maybe something else gets us. You know, it's made just a random car. <laughs> Who knows, right? Something happens that damages your physical body beyond repair and it stops working. What's next? We stop saying that? We stop thinking that as a person? If we do have a soul, let's just say for a minute that we aren't part of some, we're not end nodes for some massive celestial database, right? Um, We're not client systems for some, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, Let's say we're we're an autonomous thinking being. You mean to tell me that it just shuts off and the brain stops saying what's next? What's next? What's next, right? I mean, every day I think we're doing that in our daily lives every day. I know you do that. Society does that. Everybody does that. I think the brain, I get up, it's like, okay, I'm in bed. What's next? Oh, yeah, I got to get up and shower. Okay. What's next? And you build and you build and it's all them little things you build on. That's all we're doing every day is completing tasks within our, you know, mentally, professionally, whatever you, whatever it be. So you mean to tell me that we're just going to get to a point where we do rest, I guess. That's what they call rest. Maybe that's what rest, maybe that's where it is. Maybe that's where it is. That's what the true idea of what rest is, is that you don't need to do anything anymore. You don't need to worry about getting the laundry done anymore. You don't have to scoop the cat litter anymore. You don't have to clean the garage anymore. You know, all these mundane things we, we think about. Um, is that what rest is? You know, we're at peace. Now we can rest. We hear this a lot from people that maybe are in their golden years or they're going to die. Well, they're at peace now. They can rest. Is that what it is? We just can't do anything anymore, right? I don't believe that. I don't believe that's the case. And I don't believe, frankly, based on that idea that when the body ceases to function on a physical level, that it just goes black or it goes white. I don't know. It just goes to something and that's it. You just... <laughs> Fade to black. Just I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, but that's going back to what the hell happens when this body stops working. You know, again, I'm talking completely out of my ass right now. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> but there are interesting ideas to think about. I don't think people really get into that idea of what. And yeah, in that movie, Flatliners really does get into that idea. Like you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it does tie it does think about, you know, tie in the idea of what it's like when your body shuts down. Cuz to me that's that's really what I'm thinking of right now. That's what's next. That's what's next. Maybe that's what's next. I you know, thinking about that, that's but yeah, it really ends. It just it ends. There's nothing else for us there. There's nothing else for us to do. 
nothing else that we can do in whatever form we are? Do we take any kind of form? Or do we just go into the ground, become part of the earth again? Maybe that is, maybe that's where it is. Maybe that really is where it is too. I mean, that, I mean, to play the other play the other side of that thing. We're born from the stars. We're born of this planet, and that's what the rest is. Is we've done our part for the planet, which, well, no comment. No comment. Um, <laughs> maybe that's what our job is supposed to be here. Is that, you know we're we're children of this planet, and I know I'm starting to talk about drooling hippie now or whatever, but we're children of this planet, and that's what our job is here. Is to we're born from this planet. We come from this planet. We're a moving, thinking machine. And our job is to do something on this planet. Leave some type of mark or do something for the planet. I don't know. And then when you're done, you go back to the planet. You become something else. Maybe your your essence, your DNA flows back into the system, the, the pool, so to say. And it ends up in a tree somewhere. Or it ends up in a tick that bit my leg a few weeks ago. You know what I mean? I don't know. I didn't say it's all good, right? I don't know. But that's just, you know, what the fuck is being? What is, what is it now? What is, what is it being? What is this existence thing? I think about this a lot more and more the older I get. So, all right, I'm going to shut up now. So no, no. I, I don't know how the hell we got on this thing, but I'm sorry. But it's, no, it's, it's, it's an emotional subject. It's, it's it something is an emotional I subject. I think a lot about that now. I think a, a lot about that stuff. Um uh, you know, just in the way things are going today, you know, the, I mean, just nowadays, just watching how things are happening with the world we live in, um, I'm getting scared. <laughs> I'm really honestly getting disturbed by things. Uh, and I've always considered myself to have pretty much an iron, you know, I, iron around. I can take anything people, I, I'm not really ever offended by anything. And, and I'm not. But I guess I guess the idea is I'm getting offended at how offended people are getting <laughs> about things. Uh, it's just a scary environment out there, and I don't think people ever think about stuff like this anymore. I think people are thinking it, people are caught in the moment, which is good. I mean, that's what I'm trying. I'm starting to learn too uh, about just trying to keep my sanity and not drop dead in a couple of years from stress and stuff like that. Is I'm learning, you know, you got to be more in the moment, live in the moment, be a part of the moment, and not be thinking so far ahead and things like that, right? Um, and I, look, look what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but I, I think this is fun thought, though. This isn't stressful thought to me. No. This doesn't stress me out. This is actually quite relaxing to think about this stuff and, and, and actually get this down on tape, so to say. Um, that's, this is an anxiety-inducing discussion, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, just, I, it's just a couple of things I had on my mind, I guess. We, we kind of got caught in a pickle here. and Like, what are we going to talk about? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> there, there's only two constants in the world, death and taxes, and this is a far more interesting subject than taxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, I think, I don't know, I wish people would, I mean, I we're tapped into a group, a community of people. Yeah, this is what they do think about. But are we really thinking about, you know, is it about existence? Is that what we're thinking about here? Or is it just, you know, I want to see a ghost. I want to get a picture of a ghost. I want to get something audio of a ghost, which is great too. But mm -hmm. I guess, you know, you spend a handful of years doing this stuff, you get beyond that stuff. And that's not meaning I'm any smarter or any better than anybody out there. But um, like Grimstone now, you're starting, you're starting from, you know, you're not starting from the bottom up anymore. And when you're, when you're recruiting people now, you're getting people that have already been through all that stuff. They're starting from a much higher level. 
as far as what they want to study and how deep they want to get into things, right? You know, you're coming in from a higher, that's it, higher level. So um, I guess that's just kind of where I'm at too with this stuff. You know, not, again, it doesn't mean you're any better or any smarter because frankly, no. we, none of us have any answers. Um, but your perspectives change, your viewpoints change, your yeah, interests yeah, change. Totally. And yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. So Bigfoot. Yeah. UFOs. No, not yet. <laughs> Still well, following rule number one. They probe. So September, is it September 21st? Is that the day? Or I, I what do they say on Facebook? This should be discussed tonight. Oh, the Area 51? Yeah, what the hell day was it? I, you know what? Look, you got your tablet there? Can I, you look? I do, but I'm not connected to your net right now. Oh, crap. Hang on. I can pull something up here real quick. Um, but it's all over Facebook. You know, come storm Area 51. It's only a highly, you know, secure government facility. What could happen? Well, a couple things with this, too. I don't know. I thought the first thing I thought was when I saw this was, what the hell is bringing this on? Like, why all of a sudden now do we want to storm Area 51? Let me let me type this into Facebook. Storm Area 51. They can't stop all... Am I, am I actually going to go to the page? I haven't even been to the page yet, to tell you the truth. There it is. Uh, Friday, September 20th. I was close. I said, I guess I said 21st. Um, okay, that's all I needed. Yeah, I was wondering, like, what brought this all on? Um, you know, and I hate to say this, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Joe Rogan fan. I, I like his show. A lot of people don't like Joe Rogan. I think he has some very, very interesting people on there, and I think he's one of the best interviewers around. I think he really gets people. He, he, he understands the idea that he took the idea that Doug and I had many years ago, not saying that we invented it or anything like that, the idea of just, like, let's have a conversation. Let's just talk, you know, about things. And he really has ran with that with his podcast, and mm-hmm. he's the biggest guy in the world. He's done a, he's a fantastic at what he does, and he's got a fantastic podcast. He had Bob Lazar on recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bob Lazar was on recently, and obviously, I know I'm sure you've seen the new the new documentary, um, and they talked a lot about that, and it was pretty. You know, I mean, I've watched a lot of stuff on Bob Lazar. I have some videotapes around the other side of the wall here. As a matter of fact, some old documentaries with him in there, telling the same story. He hasn't changed his story. Um, and that was just a couple weeks ago. Now, all of a sudden, people want to storm Area 51. Um, I don't know if there's some type of relation there, but I I think I don't think it's, it's a stretch to say that that may be a part of it. And even to the point where Joe Rogan's even come out and said, dude, you guys got to stop this shit right now. You're going to get yourself killed because they will shoot you out there. Um it's kind of scary. However, it's kind of fascinating because what if they did? What if they did? I mean, really, you hear about this idea of, you know, you know, take the power back and things like that. You know, if there's enough of us, they can't stop us all. And I'm not rooting for any team here. I'm just thinking about the idea of this. If you had 500,000 people in the desert that are rushing Area 51. Do you really think they could stop everybody? And what do you think? I think it being the U.S. government, they certainly could try. And they could succeed at that. But on a social, political type level, it would be a lose-lose situation for them. 
What, for the government? Well, sure. I mean, this is a military facility, so if and if they needed to use deadly force? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it'd be another Waco-type thing. I mean, it could, well, that's maybe a little extreme. Well, it's not extreme. That's actually way more extreme. It would probably make Waco or something like that look... Because, yeah, if they had to use deadly force, I mean, you're talking people... That, you can only imagine the firepower they have behind those gates. Um, bombs. Uh, it could get really messy. It's scary to think about what may actually happen there. Um, but I think about just, okay, just to play devil's advocate. <laughs> like, what if these, What if they pulled it off? Like, you know, do, do the question is, do you have an army of people that are that dedicated? They're going to be like, I'm willing to die for this cause. I don't think they do. No. No. I know if I came out there and I'm going to go, and we get a keg of beer and we're laughing, we're, we're going to go. It's all, I think a lot of, you know, the idea of this I heard too was really, it was a joke. I'm hearing the guy who created the page, it was just a joke more or less. And it's kind of grown legs on its own and turned into this weird meme now that's everywhere and people are taking it seriously. Um, so I think what could happen here is, yeah, you get some people out there with a keg of beer, goofing around, wearing their alien masks, uh, having fun. And maybe that's what it may just be. It may just be a really cool party <laughs> outside of Area 51. Just out, just enough outside of Area 51 where they can't screw with you. People go out there and have a kegger, play some volleyball, have some fun, goof around, and they call it a night and say, okay, we're just messing with you, right? But, you know... What if it is a group of people that are militant enough that say, look, we've had enough of this crap. We want to know the truth. We're coming in whether you like it or not. And if you get, I mean, Christ, only 10,000 people. Just 10,000. That's a lot of people. 10,000 people to storm. Yeah, a lot of them are going to get shot. A lot of them are going to get killed. But uh, could they actually make it? Could they make it in there? I don't know. You know what I mean? I think, honestly... (laughs) I think there's preparations in place for stuff like this to prevent oh, sure. anybody from getting near anything there. Um, however, it's been it's been I can't say it hasn't been fun to watch. Uh, there's been a lot of hilarity that's come out of this. To be honest with you, I got a sense of humor about it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what September 20th uh, yields. I, I don't know. It's it's going to be freaky. I, I I can't put it past them. Anybody just yet, though. Things are so weird now. Things are weird. Things are weird. There's things that things are changing at such a breakneck pace now. I've never experienced this. I know you haven't either. I've never seen things in my life. It's a, it really is, and I know people say it's such an interesting time to be alive. Well, it is. It really is an interesting time to be alive. So we're watching history unfold in front of us, and yeah, we're watching history unfold in front of us every day, but not to the degree and and severity that we're seeing now, we're seeing major changes happen, uh, how we live as people. Um, and um, we're also seeing how people respond to things. They respond very differently. I can't say I agree with a lot of it. I think it's a bit too knee-jerk. I don't think people think things through that much. And that's why I'm not putting this by anybody, saying, oh, nobody's going to go out there. Uh, I'm not going out there. <laughs> I'm staying put. I'm not going anywhere. However, that's I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, nothing's going to happen out there. 
I'm going to be curious to see what happens on September 20th. What do you think? I'm curious if it's even a thing by September 20th. Well, and that's a thing too. That's a very interesting idea right there because social media especially has the attention span of a fly. So by said, what is that? It's like literally like almost, what is it, 16th right now? We're talking two months away, just a little over two months away. That's an absolute eternity in terms of social media and, and, and people in general. I think they don't have that kind of attention span. So is that even something like, I like to mark this day right now and come back to like, you know, or the 20th, come back to it and say, okay, we said that on the 16th of July that this wasn't going to be a thing. I'm curious. I might write that down. Just put a calendar thing, like literally on my calendar and have it pop up and say, so is it a thing or not? Uh Is it a thing or not? Have we totally forgotten about this thing? People listening, write that on your calendar too. I'm curious. I mean, just as a, just as an interesting little experiment, right? Um, is this a thing now? Because yeah, in two months it could just be it could just vaporize, just totally go away, gone. And then there's this little part of me, this conspiracy theorist part of me that says this thing came viral really, really quick. Yeah. What are they diverting our attention from? <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Now, I am not, I don't watch a lot of, I try not to. I I, I call it the doom, the doom, uh, doom cast we have at work. Because there's one of our break areas, we have the big widescreen up and it always has CNN or whatever on. And I call it the doom cast. There's always something bad on there. However, one of the things that I read was, oh, all of a sudden, all these, you know, all the politicians and all this stuff with the sex trafficking thing. What's his name? What's the guy's name? Oh, uh, Epstein. Epstein. Yeah, Epstein. Epstein. That thing is blowing up. And this is kind of starting to spread out now. More people are getting, oh, yeah, no, you were part of this. You were part of that. You were part of this. And then all of a sudden, boom, this big, hilarious Area 54 thing happens. And now we're all looking at that and that is a i wouldn't even call that a conspiracy theory honestly that's that's just logic i mean if i've let's wag a dog here <laughs> you know what i mean let's let's divert attention away from this mess that's going on over here that's going to that's going to take down a lot of people important people let's let's make a hilarious thing that over here to keep people laughing i guess yep. so that isn't a conspiracy theory chris i think it's a very real thing i think i mean is it the reason i don't know but it's something interesting to think about, though, too, right? So, yeah, I, I'm i curious to see what happens on September 20th. Um, I, I really hope, regardless, I hope if you're one of those people that are going out there, please stay, to stay safe. Don't get yourself hurt. Um, I, really would, I really would hate to see that. That's the number one thing that would really bum me out is if somebody actually did get shot. Um, this is no joke. I, I really think I know we are both impressing that upon everybody here. This isn't a joke. These are serious people. I, I have no doubt in my mind. There's things there that I'd love to find out about. I'm right with you guys, but I don't think we. It's worth getting your head blown off either, or getting blown up by a bomb or something like that. Is it worth that? I don't know. I can pass on that one. I'm gonna pass. I don't want to deal with that, dude. So yeah. Anyway, cryptids. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you guys, you guys said you, you said you guys are going out. Yeah. On Bigfoot. Yep. Where are you guys going? 
uh, we're, we're going up uh, near the top of the state. Um, we found a, a little place that has a cabin. There's been a couple of Bigfoot reportings in the area. Really? We just thought, well, what the heck? Let's just go and see. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you know, we, a couple of us get poison ivy or something while out hiking at night. Dude, wear long pants. Yep. I, you haven't seen it? Well, it's, it's kind of gone now. You see my leg? Oh. Yeah, well, the, the squares from the bandage, I guess I'm allergic to, like, the, the glue or something like that. But, yeah, I got ticks. I'm telling you, people out there, I've been hiking for 15 years in shorts. Never had a problem. Uh, and Missouri nearly took my leg. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah, wear pants. But, yeah, I mean, poison ivy. Uh, how many days are you guys going to be there? Just over the weekend, over two, the weekend. three days. Yeah. And you're just, I mean, are you going to be out at nighttime? Or we're going to be out at day at, at night. We were planning a few different paranormal ex- experiments, too, that we wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, doing in one of yeah. our own homes. It's just like, yeah, let's try this or that. Or How many people are you bringing? Uh, we're going to have eight. Eight? Yeah. So a good portion of the of the group. Sorry. Time to sip. Good portion of the group? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I told you before the show, and I talked about it on... Um, Speaking of Bigfoot, <laughs> I talked about it on one, I think during the, during the Haunted America conference. Yeah, we, yeah, I went down to the Bigfoot garage down there. I met, you know, the, the first monster truck. Everybody knows my affinity for monster trucks. And yeah, that was the, and you mentioned that too when I told you about my hiking, the, yep. disa- the, the disaster of hiking, which got the tick on my leg and stuff like that. And yeah, I thought the same thing. I did think about that when I was in the woods, like kind of lost, well, I wasn't kind of lost. I was lost as hell. Um, like, what if I run into something out here? Like, I'm not going to build. How am I going to get back and tell anybody the story? I don't even know where the hell I'm at now. I'm not getting out of here. Whatever it is is going to stomp me into a pile of goo as it is. So, I mean, how am I getting out of here, man? So, yeah. You guys are doing that, what, September or something like that? Yeah, September. September. Is there this area, you said there's been some reported sightings there? Not, not many. About two or three over the past couple of years. So Over the past couple of years? Yeah. Really? So, do you know do you know who um reported these? Uh I do not have th- that information. This was actually done by uh, one of our uh, uh other research members. They set it up. I'm just going along for the ride. Oh, really? Yeah. You're not in charge? Not on this one. Come on. No. I got fully capable people. They can do things and you I, finally I... get a chance to retire a little bit and step back. That's nice. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> no, I. Amber has been talking about you know, this. This the, the idea of Bigfoot, at least in the last couple of years, has become another. It's kind of come to the front again. Like people are really out there exploring this idea again, or whatever it may be. I mean, as I already said, there's all these people coming out with these. I don't even want to. I don't. I hate to call them outlandish, but you know. Bigfoot's an alien. Bigfoot's a ghost also, which keeps going back to this idea, too, that we've talked about in the past, Chris, of maybe this stuff is all related somehow. I said earlier about ghosts being a force of nature, right, uh, or spirits. Um, maybe this maybe this is the glue we're talking about here. Is Maybe there is some type of thing, and I've said this a million times on this show, and I, I like talking about that point is maybe yeah maybe bigfoot is a ghost so maybe this idea that a cryptid it's not a cryptid it's just something else but it's got hair 
or it's you know the definition of cryptid basically is something. I mean, I don't. This is I'm going to show you how ignorant I am on this stuff. But the idea of definition of what a cryptid basically is is something that you know it's a, it's an unidentified type creature that you know we come across or people yes. come across, right? Uh, I know there's a more formal definition. Google it. Go ahead, Google it. And you'll figure it out. Um, so maybe this idea that you know Bigfoot could be a ghost. So that does kind of unify those two ideas. The actual, you know, the study of ghosts, ghost research, and this idea of cryptids. Maybe they are one thing. Maybe they are related. I don't know. Uh, maybe you'll come across something like that. Who knows, man? I'm okay with that. That's a double yeah. win for me. Ghostly talk. All right. Well, Amber's back home from work now. Hi. Welcome, Amber. Thank you. <laughs> so we talked for a while, and we said we're just going to stop. Okay. And wait for Amber to get oh, home. Oh, I feel special. So we sat yes. on the porch and talked uh, some more, and then you showed up. I'm like, all right, let's do this thing. Okay. So we had somebody scheduled. And we, I don't know if we talked about that. We talked about that briefly, I think, yes. earlier. We had somebody scheduled, and something went totally funky and awry with the Skype thing. And I actually talked to the guy, and we worked it all out, so we're just going to reschedule him for some other time. So I know we were planning on chatting for a while, like – Something, whatever. And that's what we're doing now, I guess. So, yeah, we, Chris and I kind of tripped out earlier. We, I don't know what we were doing. We were just kind of tripping out. We just kept going down the rabbit hole. We, we did. And all its little tangents. We went deep. <laughs> we went deep. We, we did. But you're here now. Yeah, well, I'm glad Chris was here because uh, this past weekend, I actually did an investigation of a haunted lighthouse, the White River Light Station in Whitehall, Michigan, for WZZM 13 News out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Amber was on the news. Yeah, I hate being on the news. I But I really wanted to go to this location because it was on the cover of my first book, which, oh my God, my first book is 10 years old now. It is, which You're I'm happy to say. a seasoned author. Yeah, right. I'm happy to say it's still in print, even though. Professor a few, Hammond. No. A, at least a few things in the book have changed a little bit in 10 years, like just. One place with a store. It's now like just shuttered. Uh, the story still happened, but um, you know I can't really go through and change that. So whatever. But happy yeah. it's still in print. Yeah. But yeah, the cover of my book is the White River Light Station. So when Brent Ashcroft from WZZM was like, "Hey, you know, do you want to go in there and investigate for this news piece I'm working on?" I'm like, okay. And I haven't investigated like legit show up with equipment at a place in years. So. I felt like I was a little rusty and he really wanted a medium to come along. And the only one I trusted not to be sensationalistic or overtly negative and everyone, everything's a demon, uh, was XE Smith, who has been on the show before. And she came in, she did her thing. I tend to feel people like her have an ability to sometimes go into locations and pick up on that residual energy. Maybe like through their lens, they can kind of look at, look and sense the past just through that little weird third eye thing they got going on but anyway terms like that. i had i had contacted chris beforehand because i'm like there's only one tech guy i trust i have like minimal equipment i ended up picking up a natural tri-field meter finally and a different type of uh ambient air thermo- air temperature thermometer uh but i'm like i don't have like cool like dvr system or FLIR, any of those neat things that always look great for a news piece and I had, uh, I had emailed Chris, and he's like, whatever you need. Why didn't you just walk in there with, like, a flowing dress on and say, we're just going to kind of feel the environment out tonight? Yeah, no. I just want to feel. Uh, I feel. No. 
No. Why not? First off, I what? should have had a flowing dress what because was it was like 90,000 degrees. What was Xy doing? Doing her I feel thing. Okay. <laughs> but she didn't do it. I guess, I guess you don't want to have two. That's two. That's ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. actually, no, that's, that's cool. Xy's job. Yeah, that's totally cool. Um, but it was like 90 degrees in the in there. I don't know why I thought a historical haunted lighthouse would be air conditioned, but I did. And I roll up and I was like, oh, it's not AC. And it has an outhouse still. Like they never installed a bathroom. This is or, the reason well, I there, stayed home. There probably is a bathroom because someone used to live there for like 20 some years. Um, and she was the caretaker for a long time of the light and the museum uh, that's there. So I'm sure there is a functioning bathroom and shower in, in there somewhere, but we yeah. did not have access to it. Anyway, a lot of sweating. Anything, anything happen? No, no. We investigated at seven. And I tell people, you don't really have to always be investigating things at night. Ghosts just don't oh, come gosh. out at night. Like, just ghost hunters come out at night. But there are a few things that I think what are... What song in my head? What? God, that terrible... What song? Freaks come out at night. The oh, Doors? God. Not The Doors. Or what? It's a rap song. Oh. Never mind. Forget anyway, it. okay. Forget it. Never so, Sorry. but there are a few benefits to ghost hunting at night, such as bird sounds. So every time we would... We were doing an EVP session, and we'd be like, okay, well, you know, is anything here with us? Anyone here would like to say hello? Tweet, 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 tweet. We kept getting birds. I'm like, yep, this doesn't happen at night. And plus, there is a park outside of it where people could go walk along the water there. And, you know, you always wonder, like, was that a car door? Are we hearing people? So there was a lot of just daytime sounds that would have been avoided had we been in there at night. But it was a short news piece. I wasn't going to drag the guys through a five-hour investigation in a 90-degree haunted historic lighthouse. And oh, I'd have made them, I would have made them earn their money. That you know, I, I prop the, I, if I would have said, like, guys, we have to be here for four hours, they probably would have done it. But I'm not doing that to them. We were all, like, sweating butter. And I just... Sweating butter? Sweating butter. It's one of it the worst was, kinds of sweat. The hell yeah, you it's eat? The, it's the worst sweat. <laughs> Do you have a block of cheese for dinner? No. I had perch. Oh. With butter. No, I don't... No, tartar sauce. Why would I dunk my butter perch? perch. It's a delicacy. Well, it could be good. I like butter on anything. But I don't know. We found a couple anomalous sounds, and but they're no Class A EVPs. So, I you know, whatever. I just hope I don't look like an idiot on camera. I don't. I won't. I almost don't want to watch it. When like, is this going to air? I don't know. July twenty fourth or something like that. I don't. Ugh. I I, don't, I won't watch it. I have a strict rule with that. You know that rule. I don't listen to anything I ever do anymore. Anything I'm a part of, I don't. <sighs> I listen to enough to edit it, you know, for the show here. I don't listen to anything we do anymore. Well, I just can't do it. Anyway, point of my I story, I felt bad because I had contacted Chris and yeah. was like, hey, I know this is a short notice, but you might be able to participate. I don't know. And Poor then Chris, Chris man, just yeah, well, then last minute had left and right from us. Well, and then Chris Jeez. was, he, he had said, call me. Well, then I didn't re- go back and read the message and it was like midnight. Like, okay. And then I wrote him back and somehow this email got like lost in the nether reaches of the internet so poor chris was like what the hell you know amber never contacted me <laughs> and i felt bad go, amber. well and then i felt bad because on facebook i saw chris wasn't feeling well so i was like oh well maybe he didn't respond because he's really sick i'm not gonna bug him and here he sits and here he sits alive and well poor guy no. last yeah last yeah. minute I, we explained that earlier because something happened with you at well, work and yeah last minute like, hey uh got, you got time to come by and hang here he is too. So yeah, poor Chris getting the last minute from us all the time. We Jeez. have an arsenal of awesome last minute people, though. Yeah, we do. And we've done that to poor John Tenney too. We do, we He's did. He's like, okay, I can't be there till nine thirty though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, all right. Fine. Whatever. 
it's fine. And that's with we'll John. So like four o'clock in the morning, yeah. we're still talking. I'm like, oh my, no, that actually was a shorter night. We actually. Yeah, I think he left by yeah. midnight. Yeah. So that was really beneficial there. You sweat butter. Yeah. And you didn't use the outhouse. No. Well, and I was mic'd. So it was a reminder, like, you have to unmic yourself before you go do things. Or if you say something inappropriate or, uh, you know, whatever, you unmic yourself or the camera guy's going to have, have you pee in. I and... thought Marnie was there. Yeah, but she did not want to be on camera because she just got a new job with a... A thing. A thing. And they might not. She didn't want her face being a super plastered. Secret thing, a super secret thing. Yeah, she didn't want her, her face being plastered on the news before starting a new job in yeah. a conservative area. So she was like, yeah, I'm going to hide in the corner. Did you so, even go up into the lighthouse? No, actually did. Why I can't. Did you cry? Did you, the, those things trip me out. I know, and I know you've been in lighthouses plenty too, Chris. Um, the not gra- really. Really? No. Oh, the greats? Most of the lighthouses just have the great stairs, yes. so you're, you're 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 spiraling up to the top, and we've done this a million times. You go to the top of the damn thing, and you can look, you can just look yep. look through vertigo to the bottom, and it screws your it messes with your head. This was not a super tall light, so I probably could have done it, but I didn't. I already had to go up a few of them just to get to the second floor, and that stuff wigs me out. Yeah. So, yeah, but anyway, it was fun, I guess, and I got to get into a historic lighthouse and. There's no like creepy, awful stories about it, except for the ghost will clean stuff. So, well, you were talking about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. About? One of the stories from the old keeper that lived there. She was cleaning a showcase and had the phone had rang, and she put down the rag, walked away, and when she came back, the rest of the case had been cleaned and the rag had been moved. So, cleaning ghosts. That's not. Can we get one of those here? Yeah, I think <laughs> I want one. I, w- I want one. <laughs> Just put cleaning supplies out and walk away. <laughs> so I think with you, Chris, with you having equipment like DVR and you can set up multiple screens to record multiple rooms, I think a light like you would be capable of doing a really good quality investigation at a place like this had, had you had four or five hours to do it and even on multiple occasions. Because I think a place like this is one of those that – would be awesome to have access to multiple times, not just that one time. That's the sucky part. Oh, sure, absolutely. You, you can't just go into a place. It's a crapshoot if you're going to get anything. Um, how often do you? Because how often do you do investigations now? Uh, not as frequently as we have in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was times, uh, especially when like some of the TV shows just kind of came out and it suddenly gained a surge of popularity. We were doing, gosh, four to six investigations a month. Wow. Um, now it's maybe one quality investigation yeah. every couple months. Okay. Um, which is not bad. No. Um, do you still have people contacting you on a regular basis, or do you think that's even calmed down since, you know, every the shows have been out there a long time, and maybe people aren't as, as riled up when they hear something in their house, or they don't jump to paranormal conclusions right away? Um, we've seen changes in what kind of calls we get. Uh, a lot more people are concerned more now about darker type entities yep. and things in their homes. Yep. And I think that it's also because TV now keeps pushing for yep. more sensational Demons. type things. Yep. Um, so that seems to be more of a, a concern that's out there. Um, but generally, you know, it, it's, it's still the same thing for us. From, from when we started 23 years ago to, to, to mm-hmm. now, um, is just trying to find answers for homeowners and help them have that peace of mind 
you know, of being in in their place. We we had uh, Len and Luke on a, a few shows back, and they they're longtime investigators and tour guides uh, with Troy Taylor's gang in Alton, Illinois, in that area. Um, and I asked them this because they've been doing it for so long. What has changed in their belief paradigm from when they first started? And you're told or you research, this is what ghosts are, this is what they do, this is what to look for. Like you can remember like 20 years back, the, well, not even that long, but the orb phenomenon with all, everyone's like, oh, orbs and duh. <laughs> and has there been something in your belief paradigm about the paranormal, ghosts, whatever, that has changed since day one to now? Something you've maybe changed your mind on or just something shifted? Well, as I, I was talking to Scott earlier. Uh, you know, it's been a long road here, and we've looked at a lot of things, and I've seen a lot of unique, I'm sorry, a lot of unique um, <laughs> phenomenon, whether it's things moving on its own or weird temperature shifts or people suddenly getting illnesses and, and, and whatnot, um, and, which are all unique and cool on their own, but it doesn't, it hasn't drawn me to that conclusion that... Mm-hmm. Yes, this is your aunt Edna. You know, right. that's passed on. She's trying to reach out to you. Yeah, it just leads to more questions. Yep. and it's kind of made me take a step back and not try to necessarily always put something into a box mm-hmm. that was prescribed. It's a residual haunting. It's a you know an intellectual haunting. This is a phantasm. You know, this right. is a demon. And and trying to understand what is the mechanisms causing this? Why is this occurring? What can it be more generally? And maybe it's outside conventional belief systems, mm-hmm. or maybe it's something totally different than a, a spirit altogether. Yep. That's kind of how my belief, I think, system has kind of gone too with that, where you're just like, the more you learn, the more you don't know type thing. And well, like what we said earlier, though, we were talking about the black box idea, like that yes. idea, right? Where you have this end game, like what are we trying to understand here? What what problem are we trying to solve? And obviously, trying to back you know back step back into that and understand the mechanics of that thing. That's the problem, and that's where all the gray areas we talked about before come into play. We just don't understand. We think there's something, and I mean, I think we both made it very clear. I know I did. Uh, earlier that, yeah, I think there is strange stuff happening. There's weirdness out there that we don't understand. And I and I think it can be explained somehow. It may, like I said, force of nature. I'm saying that a lot now. Like it, it may be some force of nature that we just don't have the means to understand mentally or with even any type of instruments that we use. Uh, so we're kind of screwed in both. <laughs> You're screwed both ways. Like even sensitives, um, you know, I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, like, I'd like to ask actually or somebody like that question because as a sensitive, you're going somewhere and you're getting these impressions. You're, you're, that's what I understand, that sensitives, how they work, is they, they get impressions. They may hear voices too. Well, how? <laughs> I don't know any nice way to say that. It's, I know it's a really open-ended, brutally broad question, but mechanically, how does that break down? Well, it's How like if you work? say the environment can potentially record the past and we leave impressions and feelings and events behind or how some people have reported actually seen like a whole train appear on old tracks and then just disappear and you're actually visually seeing something, maybe they're kind of like 
that's like they're like the player like that's they're the mechanism they can hit play on whatever's that storage Who, who's <laughs> they? Know, who's they? okay wait this is why okay what i, what, I hate what, what do you mean by they <sighs> sensitives so you're well, well, i thought they're not are they instigate i mean are they no hold on my thought process was trying to do something so anyway, you have the environment and it's recorded these things. So you need something to play. So it's, it's like a record, okay? It's a record. You have a record. So you need a device to play a record on or a CD or an MP3. They're like the device that can play that record that's been recorded. And somehow they're tuned differently to just pick up on that. Well, we've heard that too. Like they, there's a resonance that they're on that we're possibly, well, we're not on. So they might not be tuning into, well, the whole question is too then, that's just a residual thing in the environment. So like actually walking around this lighthouse saying, I feel this, I see this, I see two kids here, I feel that. Okay, you might just be picking up on that recording from the past, but then how do they really say, well, I'm talking to your dad, I'm talking to your mom. Like that's a whole other thing that I don't necessarily understand. Yeah, well, yeah. Is that an impression or is that a voice just saying, I am so-and-so's father and I want to deliver Well, this then you're dealing with something person. conscious you know, possibly communicating. Yeah, I don't but, know. What, what is your opinion on mediums? Because you being a tech guy, I know. Yeah, he, oh, he, just, <laughs> he just did the eyes. Dude, he, just <laughs> he just did the wince. So number one, preface. Yeah. <laughs> 100% believe that there is psychic abilities to, yeah, some, sure. to some degree. And I've actually had some psychic encounters in my life. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's why I formed Grimstone was like, it wasn't for ghosts. Okay. But it was because I had this really wild psychic event and it wow. was like. Um, Did you ever talk about that on the show uh, here? Yes, I believe I have. Okay. But so I started going down the the rabbit hole that uh-huh. way. So I totally believe there. Can you control it? Can you do it on command? Can yeah. you, you know do it every moment of your life? Then be you'd be working for the in? government. You know. <laughs> With Ingo Swan. Back oh, no, in the day. I wouldn't even be working for the government. <laughs> I'd just be rolling in so much money that. <laughs> well, okay, if you can control it in that way, like lotto numbers. And... Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's something, a force that can be always tapped into. Um, I'd like to believe. Um, unfortunately, I've, I've met some people that seemed very credible, and I've met some people that I found out were very, mm-hmm. you know, uncredible. And there's a lot out there, and it comes down to people's intentions. It comes down to people's gifts or lack thereof. And I think it's a mixed bag like anything else. Yeah. And I think intention is a real strong uh, ingredient in this. I like to think that the universe knows better knows you better than you know yourself. And I think intention is one of those things that the universe knows. The the universe will cut through your bullshit. It will. I think I think we and I think just living for a number of years if you believe in, you know, casting ideas out to the universe and seeing what, you know, we talk about mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, let me put this out. I mean, I a lot of people say it in passing now, like, well, I'm just going to send this out in the universe. People say that, you know, like with social media now, I'm just going to throw this out in the universe here and see what happens, which means I want people to pay attention to me <laughs> in that in that situation. But to truly say, okay, I'm going to cast an idea out, you know, and I've done this. I'm I, Where are you going? Oh, her grandparents are calling. Okay, well, we'll just keep going here. So tell your grandparents we said hi. Um, so 
I mean, I know I've done that before. I know I've, I, I believe I've done things. I've done things where I've created things in the universe. One, one example, I, I'll, I'll openly admit this. Years and years ago, when I lived in my condo and I was very young, I don't know why I did this. It was really stupid when you think about it. But somebody left a coffee mug, like one of them old steel coffee mugs, down in the basement of my building that I lived in. We had this lower area that had the laundry and stuff. And the maintenance people would come down there and do work on the building and whatnot. And somebody left a coffee mug down there. And it was, I mean, well, that's a pretty nice coffee mug. And Well, hell, if they left it, well, uh, why can't I have it? Because I was a dumbass and I was 25 years old and I didn't know anything, right? Mm-hmm. So I grabbed it and threw it in my washing machine, my dishwasher, and I used it. And that week, and I try to remember the things that happened, but I do remember like some really, you know, I had some really bad, I had a bad string of luck. Like things just, a, bad, a bunch of bad things happened to me. And I did for a minute say, you know, I did a bad thing. I did a negative thing. I cast a negative thing out in the universe. By doing what I did, my intentions were not good. My intentions were basically to commit theft on somebody, somebody who may have just simply forgot their mug and they were going to come back later and pick it up and get it, right? But no, my stupid dumbass went and um, took it and did whatever. So I had a handful of things happen like directly after this. And I'm like, ooh, now that's something that's something, something is talking to me. Something or someone is telling me something. And I ended up taking that mug. And putting it back where I found it. I honestly did. I put it back where I found it and said, okay, I got to make this right. Um, and I, you know, I wish I would have known who it was because I, I honestly would, I, my plan was to find the person and say, you know what? I took your mug. I'm going to own it. I'm going to man up here. I'm really sorry. And I'm sure they've been like, why? <laughs> that's kind of goofy, but, you know, for me, right? Um, I think that's something. That's intention right there. That's shitty intention. That's not good intention. And I think that comes back on karma. That's just, that's the name of it. It's karma, right? So a, someone who is a, a medium or a sensitive, whatever name we want to give them, um, what is their intention? I think that if they truly have good, a good intention, right, and they come to a situation or an environment and they truly want to talk to somebody, talk to something, right? Or make some type of communication with something. I think the universe may know. Are you done? What? What's going on? Door. Yeah, well, yeah, so we, can hear, we can hear you talking outside, too. Oh, no. Yeah, way to go. Well, I didn't know what to do. My grandma called, and I always get worried because you, they call, and you're like, oh, God, why are they calling? Yeah, something's yeah. wrong. Well, no, so. I, I know that too. Mm-hmm. But no, I think it is this idea of intention. I think a person who has abilities, who who's on this different vibration, I think that they can be affected or they can affect things the same way, no different, but they may affect it on a different level, maybe a more dramatic level because they may be more in tune to the universe than we are. So they may be able to make changes or create ripples and more, more than we can, uh, us regular folk, who don't maybe have those abilities yet. That's something to think about. Maybe the 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 people that have these these talents, these powers, or are at that different vibration, maybe the universe can recognize their intention. Maybe and we've seen this a thousand times. Um, you know, well, I'm gonna 
look, I'm going to flat out say it, and this is nothing against Exe or anybody, because we've had these conversations pretty candid with Exe too. Uh, I think there are people, like you said, that aren't very credible, but they found a way to satisfy needs they have. It may not even be financial needs. Some people, I call it social currency. Some people have a real need for social currency now, and it's only going to get more. That's only going to intensify more and more as we go along here. The way things, the way we're doing things now, um, I think people have a thirst for that as much as they thirst for financial money, 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 money stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's something you know. Maybe the universe. Maybe and these are people. Yeah, I've been in situations where people that you know they're psychics, and we go somewhere and nothing happens. You know. I'm not saying they're not that they're all like that, right? But maybe the universe has a way of cutting through that BS, like I said before, and knowing what a person's intention is, who may be on that higher vibrational level. Maybe I don't. It's again, it's a shot. I'm just shooting ideas out there, but that's something I think that could be very, you know, it could be a real component to this too. And then you have a person that just truly is interested, and they realize they. They hear things and feel things that other people, they found out other people don't. And they say, man, I'm really interested in this. I really want to understand what's going on here. I want to know how the universe works. I want to know what's going on here. And that to me is a pure intention. That's mm-hmm. somebody who just truly has a, a, a they want to understand. They want to learn. So that's an idea too with this thing too. I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. I mean, everything we talk about here, we always end this thing with, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. What the hell is what's going on here? I don't know. Well, I think if someone says they know, it's back away from them. Well, yeah, totally. Well, then I know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and. Uh, I feel intention's a big part of that. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a few components that play into to the factor there, and, and that's only from my limited experiences and knowledge. Um, you know, I think intent's a big part. I think belief's a big part. And, and I also think that there's this whole component that you have the right to do this. And there's um, – when those three kind of play together, then, you know. Well, and I've been told, too, with people who are sensitives, psychics, and I've heard this across the board. We all can do this. We all have this ability in us. It's just a matter of, I think obviously it comes easier. Like some people, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, we can all play basketball, but some of us will never be good at it. Yeah, we we can all play baseball, but some of us You can work on it, I think, and improve a bit, but you might not be as good as, like I mentioned earlier, Ingo Swan or like some of these pretty amazing remote viewers that have been out there that, I, I don't know. So- some, some people just won't ever be good at it. Well, it yeah. I, I think there's just certain limitation. Well, you're talking about, you know, that's a different thing, though, too. No, it's not. No, yeah, no, it's a different no. thing. Okay. Because, okay, you say basketball. Are you talking about remote viewing? No, I'm talking about, okay, you're taking you're using an example like basketball, like a sport. Let's just take a sport, right? Okay. Now, look, I'm 44 years old, and I decide I want to be a professional basketball player, right? right? I already know, and you already know, ain't going to happen. Believe it, achieve it. It's not going to happen because I... I believe in you, Scott. <laughs> no, I have physical limitations. I'm older. I don't... I mean, I'm physically... I am not built for it. Uh, there. I mean, yeah, even if I went and, like, lost 100 pounds and, you know, got ripped and, you know, I mean, all that stuff, I still... W- I, you know, it's not self-defeating. It's being realistic, okay? I don't want to hear this crap from you. Oh, you're just... you're getting, No, I'm not... I'm being realistic about things. Um, I have physical limitations. However... 
when it comes to psychic ability, it seems to me that that's a pretty level playing field. I think maybe there's some Maybe, peop- though. How do we know it's a level playing field? How do we know someone doesn't have their brain set up a little differently that makes them better at so that's receiving? A, that's a physical limitation then again. It's the same thing. That, that does make sense. If you, when you put it in that way, that does make sense. I agree. Sorry. It's okay. I didn't mean to tell you you were wrong. <laughs> no, gray areas, though. It is. It's just all no, gray areas. Um, Chris, are you familiar with like Dean Radin and his work? I have not followed him, no. Ah, so he is like a genuine parapsychologist and uh, has written some amazing books that I've been reading lately that I think 10 years ago I would have thought, oh, that's so boring. And and now I'm reading all this stuff, but he's he's actually in a lab doing tests proving that people do have psychic ability, whether it's e- old old school ESP tricks like, you know, the the Zener cards or uh, like remote viewing mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and so it's amazing reading these books from a, a scientist and someone like Dean uh, saying, yeah, there is statistically statistics showing that people are capable of being a little bit above the normal when it comes to ESP. Uh, so anyone out there, I do recommend if you're interested in what we're talking about, pick up one of Dean Radin's books. They're awesome. I'll definitely check that yeah. out. Especially I... his newest called Real Magic. Very, very good. Really good. I'm still interested in this idea of intention, though. Even that. Like people, again, we've said this a couple times now, everybody has, I, I agree with that. I think everybody has something in them that they can elevate to a certain degree. Um, but if you're being tested, you know, like we've seen the, the opening, one of the opening scenes of Ghostbusters. I just watched it in Chicago not too long ago where they're doing the cards. I they, love that scene. It's hysterical. It's absolutely hysterical. And the guy actually gets one right. You know, he just, you know, it's it's a, it's slapstick. It's comical, right? Uh, but what's the intention on that? You know, there's I know there's people doing tests and they're doing types all types of stuff all the time. What if intention comes into play with that though? That could skew the whole thing. What if you have you have a an agent, a person that you know you're trying you're testing on? What if their intention is not correct? I, I, I'm probably wording this all wrong, but what if they have the wrong intentions? You know, if somebody comes in there, like we're going to test your psychic ability, or maybe they're not even going to tell them what they're doing, but this person comes in there going, well, I'm going to get 20 books to come here. I don't give a crap what they do. Their head's not in it. They're not in the moment. They're not going to try anything. They're just going to do what they're told to then get their $20 and leave. Mm-hmm. Go to Starbucks or something. I don't know. Uh, that's To me, there's no intention there. You know, and that's just, I'm getting more fixated on this idea of the universe kind of, again, cutting through the BS saying, no, I know better than you. Um, the universe's natural filter. You know, Tenney said that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tenney said that, you know, about the universe. And he did, he, he's right. I agree with him on that. He's like, you know, he said that, I've seen him say that in, ta- in his talks. He said it here on this show. He's like, the universe is there. If you want to play, you just have to try. Yeah. It will play back with It'll you. It'll play back with you. Right. And while you were on the phone with your grandparents, I said I did play with like I told you that story about the coffee mug. I played with the universe and it played back and said your intention was bad uh, in that situation. And I'm going to play back and show you what happens with bad intention. Karma. Again, Mm -hmm. karma. Right. So I hate to keep hammering that point, but it's something that, you know, it's not a breakthrough in any way whatsoever. But it's something I find interesting here about this whole thing, like. 
if that's really the I, to me it, it, well and how do you measure intention exactly like that's the tricky thing because like for example we just had a friend who really really wants to get a job in detroit and he's been working in florida so he was here visiting us and keith he was on he was on, yeah. the, he was on the wrestling show yeah so he was here visiting and he just was like oh i just hope i get this job i hope i, I just i want to get a phone call and uh and i was like wait Let's do some candle magic. So Motor City Hoodoo, right, is down in Ferndale, and they make these really awesome hoodoo candles. So I grabbed one of them, a road opener candle it's called, and you have to write your intention in the candles. Take a little pin, write your name, write what you want, and then the whole concept is just, you know, light that thing, burn it till it's gone, think about it. Every time you see the candle, you think about it. So it's just a tool to help you kind of focus your intention, I suppose. Well, then the next day... He goes back to Florida, sends me a text, says while he's on the plane, he got a voicemail for a job interview in Detroit. Hmm. Synchronicity or just coincidence or, or was it the candle? Yeah, right. And then he showed me a little picture that he had on his desktop that was like an image saying like, you got hired. And then a picture of where he wanted to work in Detroit and all this stuff. And he's like, it's a wishboard. I learned it on the secret. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, well, it can't hurt. And no. so he had a really good interview. He did the interview. They started checking his references. Of course, we're just keeping our fingers crossed because places can do that. And then the job still doesn't happen. But good sign. But hey, did did Keith inte- like cause that through his intention? Or was that just a weird chain of events that seem synchronistic and well, they're not? You can't measure it. There's you something know? to be said about just intention like that. I mean... I don't know if it's intention, but I've had mentors tell me that I, you know, kind of get into that trip with me and they're like, you know, I'm like, man, I want this. I, I'm working towards this. I want it. You know, I, they're like, dude, sit down and just meditate on that and picture, picture that happening to you, picture that coming to you, whatever that goal is you want to achieve, right? What's next? What's next from earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Picture that goal in front of you and picture you achieving that goal. Picture you taking what you want, uh, you know, that intention towards that. This is what I want. Um, I, I don't know. I, to me, it's a powerful idea. I don't know if it's real or not, but I've I've had that happen in the past. I've, I've done that. I've actually went and done that per, you know, my mentor's instructions. They're like, dude, go and sit down on this and you will achieve. Right. Maybe it's you mentally psyching yourself out to the point where you're like, yeah, you figure out all the nuts and bolts and how to put this thing together to get where you want to go. Maybe it's just that. Uh, That's still a powerful idea, though, to me, regardless, whether it is something cosmic or whether it is something you just going, okay, I'm going to, again, meditate on this and get where I want to be. I don't know any, I, there's nothing, I can't think of any eloquent way to say any of this stuff, but (laughs) I've been just destroying this all night, but there's something to be said about this, this idea and this idea of intention. I keep saying this because I, I don't know, this is something that I just kind of became very interested in in the last few minutes because. Well, okay. We don't do this often, but if you are a listener and you have had maybe like a really awesome example where you feel you've used intention and. Without a doubt, you feel that it actually produced a result. Email us. We never ask for listener stories, and people like to tell their stories. 
We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. You know what I thought about doing? I see a lot of statistics on SoundCloud, and I we should just start giving shout-outs to certain states. Because, like, there was a while there where, like, someone listened to, like, every show we ever did in Las Vegas. Like, there's Vegas. certain – yeah, I'll see, like, certain their, states where all of a sudden f- someone's going nuts in a certain they state city. headphone on in front of a slot machine. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> banging away. Yeah, someone in Area 51 are listening to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> S4. They know about the storm coming down. Yeah. <laughs> that, thing, that thing is so ridiculous. I think you guys were talking about that earlier before I got here, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll, I, I'll be curious if, like, one idiot shows up just like, I'm doing it, man. And, oh. I'm well, I'm, <laughs> this is, to me, what we talked earlier about was, you know, this is a bit more ominous to me. I mean, I'm a bit more, I'm a bit scared about this, to be honest with you. I, I think the proper police, the... They will be out there already scooting people away. That's there you're not well, just gonna have like the military just shooting people up with a machine gun. One thing that wasn't mentioned earlier is the fact that it seems to me if you're gonna try to pull something like this off, you'd be a bit more like under the covers, bit more underground, it seems like. You wouldn't start a Facebook page. No, up. it was started as a joke. Well, that's what I said earlier. I'm like, I thought this was. This it was, was the guy. The joke. person even said this is just a joke, and then it went out of control, and then major news sources picked it up, and that's when it got extra out of control. Yeah. So media picking up on other media and writing about it. Yeah. Equals. Ugh. But people take stuff too. Yeah, there. Yeah, there could be one person that's like, and that's what scares it. me. Is I we'll don't. Find the I, millions. I really don't. It's gonna really bum me out. It's going to be truly horrifying if somebody goes out there and pushes their luck and actually and gets, gets them, killed and gets themselves shot. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. Not cool, man. Don't do it. No. And then the person who started that would feel like absolute dog shit. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think I yeah, I think it, it, I don't yeah, and that's what I heard too was that this was just a joke. Yeah. So, I I don't know. We'll see. What day was it supposed to happen? Does anyone remember? 20th of September. Oh, not till September. Yes. Two, and Chris oh. Chris raised a good point from earlier too that he's right. Like in two months, this could have just this could be vaporized. Oh, like for this, sure, just blow right yeah. over. Yeah. We we yeah. watched Missing Four One One the other night. We did. Are you familiar Sunday with that, night? Chris? A little bit. David Pallades. Oh, David Pallades. Um. Yeah. So he came. This was the second movie that he came out with. His first one. Did you watch that one, Scott? Yeah. I didn't. Like it as much. I felt like this one got to the heart of his research better and what he does and the, and the different uh, criteria that he looks for in a missing person's case that he feels fit his missing 411 cases. Uh, and this one's called Miss or the the Hunted Missing 411. The hunt, and yeah, the, the hunter. Yeah, the hunt. I think it's the hunted. And yeah. anyway, it's about hunters that go missing. The people that should are like the number one people that should not be just vaporizing in the woods. Um, and people that like don't find any trace or in the one case of the one guy just found his shoes somewhere, then found that, his like that backpack thing somewhere. Screwy. That was just bizarre. And, and there's always, a lot of people always ask David Politis like, what's doing this? What is it? You know, aliens, Bigfoot. And, and I liked how this particular documentary kind of did touch on a little bit of everything. They, there was a little Bigfoot segment with seriously terrifying vocalizations that well, these that guys the record. Camp they yeah. were talking about a camp that these guys went up to. It's a camp these guys in like the seventies. Yeah, it's a, it's for a long time ago. Remote location, no one knows where it is, but they would go up there and strange stuff would happen. You ever seen Escanaba in the moonlight? 
No. With Jeff Daniels. Oh, you should watch that. That's goofy. It's, up, yeah. it, it's like a story mm-hmm. about being up in the UP in Michigan and just weird stuff happens and like these guys, and, These guys established anyway, this camp. And, yeah. And, and they heard these bizarre sounds, like creepy, like call and response. Like they were going like, oh, and then something else would do it. You're not going to have another human out there by you. And they said something about like, and then you heard some extra weird. I had, I wanted to go back and rewind that, but we, I need to do it still. But they, they sent it in to get analyzed. Like, what animal was making this sound? These cases, I mean, the cases presented in this Big show, um, Bigfoot. Well, Bigfoot. David Politis um, actually got to start researching Bigfoot. That was his thing. Yeah. And then started noticing all these clusters of missing people, and they'd be centered around like the biggest is Yosemite. That people go missing, not a trace of them. Or they find, like I said, they find their shoes perfectly placed seven miles from where they went missing. And that's all they find. Yeah. And then one of the things, like, with that well, guy in the movie with his stuff scattered all over, it does still make you wonder, okay, was that, like, a random serial killer? Like, well, I mean... I- there's so a- going back to my Bigfoot expedition this September. What? <laughs> Are you really doing that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he is. We talked about it early on oh, the show. Oh, I missed it. Well, you can tell me afterwards real quick then so you don't repeat yourself. Well, well no. Yeah, don't go I, I missing. I might need to te- yeah. text the group yeah. here in a yeah. second. Go here. out in pairs. Yeah, you, well, watch, you watch David Politis' stuff. This, this documentary is interesting. I mean, see, the one thing I, I, I expected, you know, the little bit I've studied of, of, of his work. And watching this documentary, I expected there to be a lot more, you know, f- static lines drawn. Like this is the same thing happening over and over again. That wasn't the case, though. Some of these people were found. It just wasn't dead. not all of them just vaporize. No, and, not all and of disappear. Them. They find people. However, they find them in very strange. You know, they're dead, but they find them in some very, very strange situations. Right? You know, they're they're laid out very strange. Um, the, the, especially the case that that gentleman, his name was Aaron. The, yeah, he he had a GPS, and his GPS like went way off of off range where he was supposed to be going. Yeah, his shoes were in one place. His pack. His pack was found on a hill overlooking somebody's property. Like he could have, if he had, if he had been sitting there, he could have seen civilization. He could have seen a he house where he go anymore. to. If he was lost, he, had, he could have found a house and gotten so help. So who put his pack there is the yeah, question. And they or found how his did pack with all there. of his, his wallet, all of his belongings, all of his stuff in there. A gun. Yep. Loaded gun was in this in this pack. So that to me, either that's something very strange we can't explain, or that really is some serious trolls in the in the woods. That, you know, well, trolling there's talk serial about killers. Yeah. Well, there's talk about like that off the grid, off the grid people. That yeah. seriously live off the grid. Like, uh-huh. why places like maybe in Yosemite, or why shoes turn up missing? Like, hey, what would you need if you were living off the grid? What would be the most useful thing to steal from other people? Shoes. And they catch you. And what do you got to do with them? Different things. I don't These know. Are off I the don't... grid people. They don't want to be discovered. Um, and then of course, like David, I know people get a little frustrated with him because he he will not say what he thinks it is. And and I and I think that's kind of good because then he doesn't pigeonhole himself and he becomes that missing 411 alien guy or the missing 411 Bigfoot guy. He just goes, "Here's the data. Take a look at it. It's pretty weird." Even when he's done FOIA uh requests for the national parks for the amount of missing people, they won't give him the information. Like one national park, I forget who it was, when he's on coast to coast and stuff and stuff a lot. So you can go back in previous interviews with him and probably hear him saying this. But yeah. uh, one of them was like, no, 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 that will cost uh, you a million dollars to get that information because we'll have to prepare it and do this. Like they did some line of BS that was like, what? 
Uh, so the national parks don't want – now, if you think about it, national parks are like one of our number one tourist destinations in the U.S. Yes. And all, all of a sudden, everyone's worried that they're going to go missing in a really obtuse way. Like they're going to be like, I'm not going there. I'm not going to Yosemite. Then all of a sudden, like, boom. Well, we talked earlier. Like that's bad publicity. We were talking earlier about my little issue I had in Missouri a couple weeks ago. Yes. I'll honestly say being in that situation – being what I would consider, and I'll say it now, I was lost. I was truly lost in a thunderstorm in the woods. Yeah. For a couple minutes there, I'm like, I, I'm in trouble. Like, I, I'm lost, and I don't know what the hell's out here. And we made the joke about a Bigfoot earlier. I'm like, well, yeah, if, one, if I come across one, it would just pound me into a pasty pile of goo, and that'd be the end of me, right? Or if you disappear like David Palladius' cases, no one would know. Yeah, they just find my... my my sneakers. Your shoes. My shoes. Or your pants neatly folded on a boulder seven miles away from where the yeah. shoes were. Um, that can be, like I said, I mean, and I, I still, I, I, it's a line I did hear from the Blair Witch Project years ago, which I know is a really crappy reference for any conversation nowadays, but that's one of the things they said, though, is like, you, you can't get lost in America. It's America. You can't get lost here. There's no way you can in the wilderness, and yes. I'm in, I'm out there, and I was it was running through my like ah, I'm just joking around myself and my psyching myself out, saying yeah, man, it's America. I'm not gonna get lost in America. Come on, and I got lost. I truly got lost, and I was walking for miles until I found civilization again. Thank goodness I found civilization three miles out of my way, <laughs> but you know I still found civilization, and I was happy. I was elated to go. Oh my God, there's concrete. In, in, in a road, in a sign. Oh, that that relief that I that I did get. It, it was amazing to to get out of there. And, and I told you my 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 options to get back to my car was either go through the woods again or take a road, a two laner with no shoulder on either side. I'm like I'm gonna take the road and take my chances because I don't want to try to go through those woods again. I don't want to get lost again. I can get lost back there. This is scary. So it really can happen a lot easier, I think, than most people give it credit for. Uh, you can get lost, and I think something could possibly happen to you too. I don't think I was in an area that was that big. Like Yosemite, that that how big is that park? It's massive. Massive, right? Uh, this is only a few miles. Um, that's still a scary feeling, though. Oh, yeah. And to have people just disappearing – and some of them show up, some of them don't. That's even scarier. Like what? Even if even if it is a human element, like we're saying, like off the grid people. That's to me even that's more terrifying. scary than something more weird or whatever it might be. Because um, anybody who's alive, like and those vocalizations we heard, that could have been that, off the grid people. Uh-huh. Like because some of them sounded uh, humans can go whoo. Well, do you it think, sounded the same. Well, that's saying that there's there's people so deep in the woods and yeah. they have been so far removed yeah. from society that they don't even speak the same damn language Maybe that not. we do. Similar to those tribes like in the Amazon that are oh, yeah. so remote. Like they won't even know what a computer do, or cell phone And we was. have that in America, you think? Maybe. It's people that live underground. There's whole books about like the mole people in New York. I don't think they're necessarily like technologically like backwards. They're just people that choose to live underground, but... There, there's people that live in very unique, different communities that are secretive. I could only, I could imagine if you, if you had, for instance, if you took a group of people who decided to defect 
and go off the grid, or maybe they just never came. Maybe maybe they just never got on the grid, right? Maybe they were a group of people at one time. There was there was a community somewhere, and the world changed, but they didn't, and somehow they persevered for decades, or I'm sorry, generations, I should say. And over that time, you develop your own customs, you develop your own language, you develop your own ideals, which may be very, very different from what ours is. As in, those shoes belong to somebody else. You can't take them. But if you don't live by those ideals and you've been raised on a completely different system, well, there's shoes and they're attached to that person so I'm just going to take them because I want those shoes. So I wonder, that's a very scary thought. Mm-hmm. David, his stuff is really freaky. And it's those data. I don't ever want to go in the woods ever again. I've been hiking <laughs> for years, dude. I the don't data that, again. yeah, but you're not a hardcore hiker. You're like a park hiker. You go walking I'm parks. experienced. Yeah. I'm a woodsman. Okay. That's why you went in in shorts, t-shirt, no hat, no GPS. I had a GPS. No, three-day three supply of water, no. emergency blanket, bright color. Okay, okay. Smokey <laughs> the Bear, thank you. So, anyway, yeah. it's No, his stuff is really, if you've Ranger never heard Amber. of... <laughs> Ranger Hammond. Ranger Hammond. If you've never heard of David Politis, we've talked about him briefly before on other shows. Um, check him out in his new documentary, uh, Missing 411 The Hunted. Because yeah, it was interesting. It's on it Netflix, was, right? It's good. Or yeah, it was it on Netflix. I think it's available on iTunes, all that stuff. Um, I only paid 10 bucks for it. And I'd watch it over, you know, multiple times. Um, it's compelling. Super, yeah. It's, it's compelling. Uh, and this one's way better. His first one just focuses on one case where a family, were, they were out camping and they had like a two-year-old. And they were all walking and they turned around. Oh, that's sucky. Oh, and that's the so... two-year-old was gone. And they never found him. And I, I, I don't remember exactly. So this is why I'm horrible to report this kind of stuff if they found his body or not. I want to say they did. And he was found like seven miles again, like way farther than and over terrain where how the hell did a two year old. That to me is an animal attack. That's just. uh, No, because there'd be certain things about that, too, like clothing. His his clothing was found neatly. Well, that's the one where they actually might have been. I don't know. I I see. I hate when I haven't seen something in a long time. I don't like repeating stuff because I'm going to get the facts wrong. But um, this they knew it wasn't an animal attack. There would be certain things that would be, like they said, like be a scatter. You know, if an animal killed something, you'd have clothes ripped apart, everything, um, all of that. There, there'd be evidence of that. So, and then yeah. of course, police looked at these this family, like, okay, did they do something and try to cover it up? Was it the family? They were never able to convict them. And then, I don't know. And that's spooky. Like, turn around, your two year old's gone, One and last something thing. strange just abducted it. I, I don't. I. The one last thing I want I want to throw out there, I saw it on the interwebs today, being circulated in high volume. The new meth gators of Alabama. <laughs> I saw that. Is that something to laugh at, or is this serious? I don't man? know. Did you see that, Chris? I've missed. This I read. One. I read a very brief article. I only saw the headline, so I can't they're, comment. They're, they're telling people in Tennessee and Alabama, I guess, people that are flushing their 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 drugs or chemicals. To stop doing it because the gators are ingesting it and it's turning them into like brutal, pissed off meth gators. <laughs> I I don't know. Just, I don't know. That'll just tear you apart if they see you. <laughs> or I guess. maybe they're it's, in withdrawal. They, they, like they're a gator always in withdrawal. Yeah, they're smoking a cigarette on the side of the river. Just 
shivering? I, I don't know. You don't know. They do say that there is medication, traces of medication in our water, even from peeing it out. That's horrible. Yep. Yeah. I watched that documentary recently, too, on, on uh, DuPont, on Teflon. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys saw it or not. Of course, I'm, uh, we're just kind of... Just kind PFAS. Of, what's that? PFAS. PFAS. I yeah. don't know if it was... It might have been... Yeah, it's probably the yeah. same. Well, it's Teflon mm-hmm. and how yeah. that just... We all have it in our bodies now. Well, in Michigan yes. just had a bad outbreak where they discovered over in West Michigan in Robinson Township, yeah. like the water is horribly polluted with it because of a... I think it was a shoe factory. Yeah. Um, that was over there. This was from their waste and it got in the water It's not far from where supply. I live. It got into the water supply, and yeah, they basically said that figured it all out and said basically every person has this in their body now. There's just no way it can't be in your body. This is why like perfectly healthy people get like rare cancers. It's a it's a part of who we are. You know, I've been spending time, and I was and I want to say I was doing it before Chernobyl came out. Uh, I've been kind of had this weird thing with studying nuclear reactors and stuff like that. And trying to really understand what the hell a nuclear meltdown is, which it's quite simple, really, what a nuclear meltdown is. is just it's burning, you know, nuclear sludge waste that's so damn hot that it just burns through the containment vessel and it'll burn into the earth. They call it the China Syndrome. And there was an actual movie about that, too. I think it was 79 uh, called the China Syndrome. The idea is that it's so hot it can burn through the earth, China. That's the idea. Um and, you know, one of the big things with Chernobyl, which never happened, thank goodness, was the same idea that they said, okay, this is a meltdown. This could burn through the containment vessel, down through the concrete, and then actually get into the water supply, into the river. And then we're all screwed. Did it do that? No. Thankfully, How do they it know? Uh, it didn't. They would have known. Well, it would also cause a thermal nu- nuclear explosion, too, they said, because that t- that hot. So what, like kind of similar to an atomic bomb or something? Uh, way more than an atomic bomb. Oh. There, w- there was, it's, it's confusing, but I know one of the things that it's part of the story with Chernobyl, they did dramatize it in that show, too, that they did have the miners dig out. They they had a water supply under there, and they were afraid if that water actually hit that, you know, that the nuclear waste hit that, it would create a thermal nuclear explosion. It would just. It would just that it would that steam it would turn into steam so fast it would create an, an explosion. Like there would be no more Russia. It would wipe out. It would wipe out damn near the whole continent. I mean, not wipe it out, but it would make it. You know, we wouldn't be able to live there. Now I wonder if something like that would actually cause another ex- mass extinction event. You know, if you have like something back in the day, that. yeah, that comes from space, knocks out the dinosaurs and all this other stuff. Like, could something like could that? This, well, could this be our asteroid? You know, right? could this yeah. be our wipeout? I mean, and that's. The more it didn't I even come from space. The more I study this stuff, the more I just freak out. I, I realize why all my favorite '80s thrash bands were bitching about nuclear. <laughs> every every band talked about every band's album cover had the the nuclear waste symbol, well, or they had the, the the a band called Nuclear Assault. Nuclear Assault <laughs> was you know, but you know, Voivod talked about it nonstop. Deceased was another band that talked nonstop about nuclear fallout stuff. Wait, what's that DRI behind us? Oblivion. It's about that, new, yeah, that's got a fusion cloud yeah, right look, there. there. Yeah, yeah. We have we have the, the DRI flag here, and it's got a fusion cloud. So there you go. Um, the more I I never paid much attention to you know, m- you know nuclear power, uh, and even trying to understand it, it's pretty painful to try to really understand how this stuff works. I but, think it's scary because I don't understand if the risk is worth the value. Well, it seems to be. It's getting to that. You know, 
I, I downloaded a podcast uh, that is very pro-nuclear energy. So, of course, it's very biased, and they talk about all the benefits, and they're like, yeah, we've had a couple of problems here, but this is clean energy. This is going to save the planet. You know, We're not going to be burning all the fossil fuels. So there is a big argument for that. But like, then okay. when something really, really bad happens, well, yeah, when something goes really, 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 really bad. sideways, we... Bad. You know, Three Mile Island, Chernobyl, Fukushima. Yeah, I don't... You know, there's... there's The problem is you're dealing with, with reactions and, you know, things that, you know, we've never... You know, that's never really happened before, right? And I don't think we as people really have... We, I think we feel like we have control of it. We've mastered the atom. And I know this conversation's been had. Like, I think some people, not me think that we have control over the atom and we can do what we do and it's been proven three times now that we don't necessarily have control of it i don't think and yeah that's a good question amber is do the benefits of this really outweigh the danger we we're putting ourselves in as people yeah i don't know because this is scary it really is the more i read this stuff the more i'm like oh my god dude i don't well, you know what's scary is how early Chris has to wake up to go to bed, so we should let him go to bed. Yeah, it's getting late, man. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Chris, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Oh, thank you, you for coming here. Hey, Chris. Ghostly Talk. <laughs> <laughs>